Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And be with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, and Happy New Year, American Patriots. And what are we talking about today? We made it. Made it to what? Another year. We might not make it through the next week. Oh, my goodness. Yes, global warming is upon us. You know, it was really funny. I'll tell you what we're talking about, but I have to say this, because we're supposed to have, like, negative 65 temperatures to be the low and a high, like a negative 13, right, coming up? I don't know. They keep revising it. Okay. So I was talking to my girlfriend, Deb, today, and she was like, "Uh, is Al Gore, like, visiting your state or a nearby state? And I'm like, why? She says, because when he went to Trump Tower in New York, the whole East Coast went Freezing and below. <laughs> well, no, it's frozen gore. It is frozen gore. Anyway, we start the show with a prayer, then the ups and downs for the week, followed by medical madness. What is your government spending your money on? And regulations suck. And the new police state under Trump. Their morale is already increasing, if we get to that story. Their morale's already up. You do realize the police state is a bad thing. Well, I think... Word it differently. Try again. (laughs) I think it's going to change. I think we're not going to have a police state anymore. I think that was all ginned up by him, Caesar, because he gave him all those nice military and then he tore him down. That was a complete experimental endeavor. Not really. Anyway. He's taken over... Haven't you realized the UN has taken over the police? No. Oh yeah, it's already happened. They have the, the how to community police, and the UN's teaching them. I know, but Trump's going to change that because he's already told the UN. Right, but the point was he <laughs> armed them that way because he was going to use them that way. It wasn't an experiment. Again, he was building an army. We dodged a bullet. Yes, we did. And God is back 
He's coming back, Brian. I'm telling you, God is coming back to us. We shall see. So that's why we start with a prayer. So we can piss off atheists. Prayer. <laughs> oh. Brian's that's... having uh, equipment problems. I'm having all kinds of problems. Including my right arm. Uh, Alright, <clears throat> what are we doing here? A prayer for the new year from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Society. This prayer from Billy Graham, written for the Saturday Evening Post in 2008, is just as relevant this year. Our Father and our God, as we stand at the beginning of this new year, we confess our need of your presence and your guidance as we face the future. We each have our hopes and expectations for the year that is ahead of us, but you alone know what it holds for us. And only you can give us the strength and the wisdom we will need to meet its challenges. So help us to humbly put our hands into your hand and to trust you and to seek your will for our lives during this coming year. In the midst of life's uncertainties, in the days ahead, assure us of the certainty of your unchanging love. In the midst of life's inevitable disappointments and heartaches, Help us to turn you for the stability and comfort we will need. In the midst of life's temptations and the pull of our stubborn self-will, help us not to lose our way, but to have the courage to do what is right in your sight, regardless of the cost. We pray for our nation and its leaders during these difficult times, and for all those who are seeking to bring peace and justice to our dangerous and troubled world. We pray especially for your protection on all those who serve in the armed forces, and we thank you for their commitment to defend our freedoms, even at the cost of their own lives. Be with their families also, and assure them of your love and concern for them. Bring your divided nation together, and give us a greater vision of what you would have us to be. Your word reminds us that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so, our Father, we thank you for the promise and hope of this new year, and we look forward to it with expectancy and faith. Amen. Was that awesome? And sad. Yeah, Billy Graham's been at this a long time. Well, but he, he does good this speeches. is 2008, and we're still dealing with the same problems. He said a dangerous world. Yeah, we... <laughs> Divided nation. Yeah. Well, we're more divided now than we ever have been. That's why I chose that. We really need God. Of course, everybody needs God. Our nation needs God badly. Well, our nation turned away from God badly. Well, hopefully this new year we will go back to God. Oh, now you're going to do Michael Savage. Talk while your back's turned to the microphone. <laughs> I actually leaned in when I was leaning over. Uh, uh, I was <laughs> you watching. Did that, you did that yesterday. I didn't say I don't do it. <laughs> I think everybody does it. <laughs> All right, the ups and downs for the week. I'm a little, eh, today. <laughs> Eel. I'm, I'm in a lot of pain and I'm tired. Well, you've been doing a lot since my arm has been injured. You're doing double duty. Mm, Welcome to my world. I can't world. even do single duty. <laughs> my Ar arm is getting better, but slowly. My arm's getting worse, but slowly. That's weird. 
It's her left arm, my right arm. All right, and up, I hope, from Fox News. President-elect Donald Trump on Saturday wished a happy new year to friends and families, uh, friends and enemies, sort of. (laughs) I love this. Our uncooperative president. We have to send him a sticker. (laughs) I still can't get over Caesar actually told the troops to not listen to Donald Trump. He actually told Donald Trump what he can and cannot do as president. Yeah, Donald Trump doesn't care what he says. <laughs> uh, but the military, to, to, to tell that to the military, do not listen to the commander-in-chief? That's the highest ranking. Yeah, it's a civilian place, but it's it's actually a military rank, and it's the highest rank in the military. He, everybody has to listen to the president. Urge him not to listen to him. Well... It's going to be some fun time at the Pentagon, then. Well, yeah, he's got a general in charge now. Yeah, I doubt, I doubt it's going to go the way Bombadus wants. He's, he's just trying to throw monkey wrenches and everything. Do you know? After saying, we're trying to make it an easy transition like the, the Bushes did for us. Yeah, well. Well, do you know the headlines now are actually saying that uh, Obamanus is throwing tamper tantrums? They're actually saying that in headlines. In really? newspapers, yep. I don't understand. What, why is he throwing temper tantrums? Line his way out. What does that mean? That's all the stuff he's doing. They're categorizing as a temper tantrum. Oh, no, that's just trying to make sure that Trump can't undo what he did. But there's no way for him to do that. Anything he could do as an executive can be undone by the executive. Has to go through Congress to be a law. All right. Happy New Year to all, including to my many enemies, and to those who have fought me, Trump began on Twitter. He loves Twitter. See, some people are Twitter people, some people are Facebook people. I'm kind of both. Like, I, I, can do, I do them both. I like them both for different reasons. He ended the tweet by wishing everybody love, but not before making sure that all those who lost so badly to him, knew the New Year's message was also intended for them. They just don't know what to do, he wrote. To whom Trump was peaking is unclear, but he and his supporters have since Election Day argued that backers of defeated Democrat presidential nominee Hitler, Rotten Clinton and others continue to search for excuses and others to blame for her stunning defeat. The Butcher of Benghazi. Trump has roughly 18 million Twitter followers and continues to use the social media site to bypass conventional media outlets like TV and newspapers to send unfiltered, sometimes combative messages to Americans. Woohoo! Trump will be spending his New Year's Eve at his private Mar-a-Lago club in Palm Beach, Florida. He'll be throwing a private party that is expected to draw hundreds of guests, including action star Sylvester Stallone. Okay, that's an up. But not Arnold. <laughs> no, not Arnold. Arnold is a prog. I was going to say, what do you make of that one? <laughs> Arnold is a prog. So was that an up? What? I don't even remember what I just heard. I don't know if it's... Uh, it depends on your point of view, I guess. <clears throat> that the, all the things that Obama just keeps doing on the way out the door is really messing things up. It's just weird because you, you gotta know that thing, I don't think that comes from Soros because it's too much panic mode. 
whatever he's worried about him on doing like his executive actions by doing executive actions that makes no sense oh i have another question did valerie jarrett flee to iran where the hell is she i don't know is that fire still gone No? Yes? No? I, I'm just asking. Well, answer me. It's a radio. Make noise. All right, this is going to... Susan could make up her mind, so it's an up-down. From the National Broadcasting of Communism News. For Uber driver Keith Avila, Monday's shift in Sacramento, California started out like any other, but ended with him helping save a 16-year-old girl from ch- child sex trafficking. Avia said he picked up two women and the teen and drove them to a Holiday Inn nearby Elk Grove, California. While in the car, the woman openly talked about delivering the girl to a John and getting money from him. Once Avia dropped them off at the hotel, he called the police. The worst thing I thought would happen when driving Uber is that I would be getting drunk passengers and I would have to handle them. Avia, 34, who is also a quinceanera photographer. That they have special quinceanero photographers? That's a coming-of-age ceremony. Uh, <clears throat> told uh, NBC Latino, All my life I thought about people throwing up in the car as the worst scenario. The video started streaming to Facebook Live once the police arrived. His reaction to breaking up a child sex trafficking ring had been viewed more than 119,000 times as of Thursday afternoon. Elk Grove Public Information Officer Chris Trim told NBC Latino that police immediately detained Destiny Petway, Petway, 25, and Maria Wesley, 31, when they arrived at the scene. Police found the teen trafficking victim with Disney Vang, 20, in a hotel room. Petway and Wesley were arrested and charged with pimping and pandering, and their bail was set at $500,000. Vang was arrested on suspicion of sexual activity with a minor and has since been released. The victim was discovered to be a runaway and she was sent to stay in an alternative housing situation until her parents or guardians could be located, police said. Avia, a first-generation Mexican-American, is a married father of the six-year-old son. By chance, he had photographed a quinceanera at the same hotel earlier in the year. We just want to take care of our son and educate him on the subject and to be aware of everyone around us because this kind of thing can happen to boys, not only girls, she told NBC Latino. A member of the Uber safety team reached out to Avia over the phone to congratulate him for his work and to inform him that all three people involved in the incident have been permanently banned from Uber. In an email, an Uber representative reiterated their admiration for his quick thinking and thank them again. Okay, before you go on, this is why it's a down for me. Number one, there's no other Uber person ever did something good for anyone except a Latino. They had to keep saying that. See, Brian, we have to bring more Mexicans and South Americans. They're the only ones who do good deeds. They didn't keep making that an issue at all. I did. Drives me insane. No, the station is called NBC Latino. They have a Latino station. That's why I kept saying it's NBC Latino. 
but they're the only good people in the United States of America. Well, they didn't tell us what... I don't know his skin color by reading this. It's brown. How do you know? Because I saw his picture. Well, see? I didn't. You blew it for everybody now. No, he said he's a second-generation... Mexican. Mexican. He's not. He's a second-generation American. I wish people would get this right. You're only second-generation Mexican if you're if you're in Mexico. I'm 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 a second generation Irish, right? No, I'm second generation American of Irish descent. Thank you. Otherwise, if I was second, I'd be in Ireland. Well, this infuriated me because it's like, oh, the only good people are are brown people. There's no other. I know you're saying it's Latino. I understand that, but look, he just happened to be. Just let it go. It's a it's a good story. What's wrong with you? It doesn't matter who did it. It's irrelevant. But they couldn't find any other Uber drivers that have done good deeds? Probably not. It's not, you know, it's not every day you get idiots in the back of the car discussing uh, taking a child to a motel to have sex with somebody. I drove a taxi cab for many years. I've never had a fare like that. I never had a fare, anything where I had to do anything heroic either. So what do you expect? So you're changing my up down to a down, up. <laughs> Just enough. Just enough. That's all you're doing? Yeah, I'm not going to read the end. It's stupid. Why? Because it's stupid. Up. <laughs> oh, this is just too cool. In parentheses. From Fox News. More often than not, our favorite devices <clears throat> unveiled at the Consumer Electronics Show are more about flash than they are about function. That's certainly the case with LG's levitating portable speaker, which hovers over a dock while blasting audio in every direction and giving your guests something to talk about. The levitating portable speaker, a.k.a. PJ9, uses electromagnets inside the levitation station, which sits beneath the speaker itself, to keep the speaker aloft, while a 360-degree omnidirectional speaker sits inside the floating unit the levitation station has a subwoofer embedded within to improve the sound quality. Okay, the reason I thought this was so this cool. This is cool for me. Though. It is really cool, right? And stuff, yeah. yeah, this is really neat. And you know what? I, because we have this little tiny speaker, ladies and gentlemen. It's really teeny. But it's like va-boom. <laughs> it's so, the quality is incredible. Oh, yeah. It's better than the big 16 by 9s we used to put in our cars back in the 70s. And it, it fits in the palm of your damn hand. Yeah, it's only one speaker. And it's, yeah, it's like a little vaboom. I can't imagine what this is like. It's like a big vaboom. Well, it says blast. It means blast. Oh, man. It's so weird. And I love that little speaker. I just look at it. I clean it all the time. We haven't been able to use it because you of it. cover it so it doesn't get dirty. I need to put it away because we're not using it with our phones. I don't think the, uh, the when we switch over phones, we're going to be able to use it, will we? Why well, wouldn't like, we? It's, it's just, just Bluetooth, Bluetooth? speaker. Oh, okay. Use it anytime you want. When you know when to say, you know, it's too low. I can't hear this, and you can't have no more volume on your phone. It might be the time to bring out the speaker. It's pretty cool. I love that little speaker, <laughs> but this is even better. I, well, yeah. If I if I was the entertaining type, not, yeah. not I live alone in the middle of nowhere. Right, but I'm saying for you know urbanites. And... Yeah, it, it basically the levitating thing is just cool, you know. But the speakers, I don't. I'd like to know how cool the speaker sounds. Perhaps the most valuable feature of the PJ9 is its 10-hour battery life, 
But even more impressive is the fact that the speaker will automatically descend onto the levitation station to recharge when its battery runs low. In addition, the entire unit IPX7 compliant, which means it should survive a rainstorm. Finally, LG says that the PJ9 is equipped with a multi-point technology, which gives it the ability to connect to two Bluetooth devices at once. That's quite a feature set for a seemingly gimmicky floating speaker. Our latest addition to our growing lineup of premium wireless audio devices is not only eye-catching, but also communicates the message that LG is serious about bringing something different to the table, said Brian Kwan, president and CEO of LG's home entertainment company. We are absolutely dedicated to exploring new concepts and to pioneering innovative designs for its advanced audio products for consumers around the world. And the PJ9 is the latest example of this commitment. i got to admit, that's a pretty cool speaker. Well, I like everything, you know, in our lifestyle, Brian, wireless is it. <laughs> it's not, we got cords everywhere. It's really annoying. And we really need to be more and more wireless. We already have a wireless speaker. No, I understand that. But the more stuff we can get wireless, the better. Well, you do know that has to be plugged in, right? Because it's, it, it, when it needs to be charged, it hovers down to the station to charge. So the station has to be plugged station in. Has to be pl- oh, yes. <laughs> Unless the station is super battery-powered, which I, don't, I doubt. It's a docking station. So, All right. <clears throat> a down. Uh-oh. From Fox News. Where's my coffee? You're going to have to wait. <laughs> I'm dying over here from Fox News. Federal agencies are speeding up hiring in the last days of the Obama administration ahead of President-elect Donald Trump entering the White House and imposing the hiring freeze he has promised, according to the Washington Post. Several agencies are filling vacant positions with new hires and transfers before Trump, a Republican, takes office January the 20th, according to the newspaper, which based its report on interviews and internal federal documents. That's okay. He's gonna say that's like you gotta you gotta downsize by one third. So uh you probably start with those new hires. Yeah, Brian the problem is that they think like I do, that once you appoint somebody and you say he's appointed for six years, you can't unappoint them or you can't fire them if they're fired for so many years. Because that's what bureaucrats do. No, that that's not that's not true at all. Any any federal employee could be uh impeached, that's number one. Any federal employee. But appointees in the executive branch? No. Uh, if you, this is how it's supposed to work. You serve at the pleasure of the president. Your term is six years if if you live up to your obligations. Otherwise, you can be replaced. I'm sure Trump knows that. Because why would they be doing this if they didn't think that he couldn't undo it? Because they do think he couldn't undo it, but you can't. They don't know what they're doing, Susan. They don't understand the Constitution at all. They're making things up as they go along. Anything that can be done by executive action can be undone by executive action. The executive branch, it belongs to the president. Okay, so I don't understand then. I'm confused. Who's okaying this? I don't know. Maybe it'll say in, well, Obama's, of course. Again, he runs the executive branch. What is so difficult? 
people to be gone. Till the 20th, he's in charge of the executive branch and he can do whatever he likes. Of course, if it's illegal, he could, he could end up in jail. If someone would bother to indict him. There's nobody there to do that. There will be when Jeff Sessions gets there. But it's going to take a while. That's the, I don't believe that. They're going, to, they're going to filibuster him. They're not going to let him be. In no ways. They're going to let him into DOJ. He'll bring, he'll turn it back into the DOJ from the DOIJ, and they, don't, they won't have that. Because guess what? They could all be indicted as well. That's right. Everybody's worried because they know what they've been doing is illegal. Otherwise, why would they care? Think about it. And again, bureaucrats can be fired. That's just the way it works. Yeah, but nobody Unless they're civil service employees, then it's a bitch to fire them. However, you can downsize the agency and then make the people that are there choose who to fire. That's the way you get around it. You're cutting your, or cutting your your staff in half. Figure out who's going and fire them. So that's a way around it. Then that person will end up quitting because they don't want to do that, and they'll refuse to do it, and they'll resign, and then he'll put somebody in there who'll do it. Well, see, I was surprised about this story because we just read either the last show or a couple shows ago how people are, are resigning before he gets in. Right, because they, they refuse to work for him. Ah, okay. That makes sense. It has nothing. But, doofus and it, progs. Just doofus progs. You're not supposed to have a political agenda when you're a bureaucrat. It's just a job. Yeah, but they're probably getting pensions, so they don't care. No, they won't get pensions unless they have 20 years in. That's how that works. They can get, if their pension's vested, they can leave it there, and then when the time comes for what would be retirement, they would get a partial retirement. Right. But... Most people just take all their money out and put it somewhere else. Like I did. Right. Okay, before. Before? Before you go on. Okay. You can tell I don't feel well, can't you? All right, so Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned because we'll be right back. <laughs> socialists, you will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Attention business owners. We know that owning a business means getting things done right now. So if your right now list includes a new building, call the right now company, General Steel. We can design a building for your business quickly and save you thousands of dollars. That's right, thousands. You may think General Steel only builds large projects or that you can't afford General Steel quality. Well, check these prices. How about a 40 by 60 foot building for under $22,000 or even a 50 by 100 for under $35,000? That's right, a 5,000 square foot building for under $35,000. And these buildings all have General Steel quality. Best of all, you can still order a building and have it delivered in time to build this year. How's that for 
right now. So if your right now list includes a new building, call the right now company, General Steel. 800-917-8251. 800-917-8251. That's 800-917-8251. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the student loan helpline now. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details. Not available in all states. Attention users of the blood-thinning drug Xarelto. If you took the drug Xarelto and experienced complications such as cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, you may be eligible to get a cash award for your suffering. Call the Xarelto Help Hotline now at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. To qualify for a cash settlement, you must file a claim before the deadline. So don't miss your opportunity for a cash settlement. Call 855-719-3101 now for a free no-obligation consultation. Our call center is open 24-7. So if you took the drug Xarelto and experienced cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, call the Xarelto Help Hotline at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. That's 855-719-3101. Welcome back to the Cooperative Radio Show, hour half of one. Now, you tell the folks out there, and really emphasize this, any state, county, city, or federal employee can be fired. 
Of course. But civil service employees are very hard to fire. Okay, what's the difference? Well, you work for a government and they give you civil service status. That's what they do. Um, then there's all these regulations about what you have to prove, or you prove to do this, to do that. It's, it's actually really hard to do. But if you just you're just getting rid of their position, well, it's easy to do. So he's away. So all he has to do is I'm downsizing. I don't care who you cut. Get rid of them. If I find out I don't like who's left, we'll have a discussion about how small your bureaucracy is going to be. That's all you have to do. Defund them. Hell, don't pay them. <laughs> I know, you have to pay federal employees. The worst part is if every time they are laid off during the shutdowns, when they come back, they get back paid. So we didn't save any money by shutting down the government. They still got to get, all these people still got to get paid. The problem is we need to get rid of, well, all of it's unconstitutional, really, but I mean, just from a practical standpoint, we need we need to clean house, get rid of at least fifty percent of the bureaucracies up there within the first year. Next year, we'll get rid of more. Or you don't have to get rid of them if you don't want to have a big showdown. Just downsize them, downsize every all of them. Just heck with it. Just downside all across the board. One third cut across the board. That's it. Have a nice day. Don't worry, they give you unemployment for like two years now. So. I know. Either way, we're going to get screwed. You're, yeah, you'll be, we'll still be paying you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Man, we are in such a mess. And, and by the way, we knew Trump wasn't going to get rid. Look, Brian wants to go back to the Constitution. His plan would be to get rid of all the bureaucracies. Done. Over. But we knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that's it's something he's going to do. That's something probably I should do. <laughs> but, Why not? Well, first of all, you have, like I said, you have to figure out how to get rid of them. If only can Congress, can, it's not a constitutional setup, so there's no constitutional answer to it. So well, the way I think it, they're doing it is the Congress created it, so the Congress has to get deleted. Good luck with that. I- I know I hate to tell everybody that uh, Ryan and McConnell are going to be one of the staunchest enemies of Trump. Oh, yeah. Ryan talks a good game, but uh, he's a commie. Can you press the button when we, when we get Which ready? Which button? The one that's ho- on my fingers hovering over when we go to the next segment. Oh, uh, you mean? Uh, yep. Table one? <laughs> yes. What are those things called? Uh, deck. 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 Yeah. That's it. So okay. anyway, so anyway, then we're not going to get they're hiring as fast as they possibly can, just like they're bringing in as many brown people as they can. As fast as they can. Yep. Just as he's waving all kinds of things to get people citizenship. All this is going on. <clears throat> the hiring rush comes amid an agreement after the November election that no new hires would be made after December the 1st. Incoming White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer told the newspaper Friday. <clears throat> no, oh, January first, Susan. That these hires was exactly what he said he wasn't going to do. Big surprise, Obama's lies. Wow, story eleven. The White House Office of Management and Budget 
said Saturday that the administration imposed a moratorium December 7 on hiring senior executives within the civil service, a policy consistent with previous transitions to ensure incoming agency leaders can make or approve executive hiring decisions. Spicer declined to comment on whether he thinks the administration broke the hiring agreement, considering the transition team has yet to receive details about new hires and jobs being offered after the December deadline. Among the agencies making hires are the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Nazis, the Transportation Security Administration, <laughs> thousands standing around doing nothing, and sections of Departments of Agriculture and Labor, there's no power of labor in the Constitution, according to the newspaper. And there's no, well, really, all of this is unconstitutional, every one of them. <coughs> Congress cannot create something out of thin air. Congress has to create something based on enumerated power in the Constitution. If they create stuff that they don't have the power to create, then it doesn't exist legally, it's void, and it shall not be adhered to. We need to get rid of the bureaucracies. Only IRS is constitutional. And that can be changed. We need an amendment to get rid of the 16th Amendment. All right, so I don't know what that was supposed to be. I'm pretty depressed about it. I just, I, I, you know, I can't believe they're doing this and, and people are just not reporting on it. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, Kamler. And what would you do for Obamacare? Huh? Yes, you. Would you talk your mother into taking these federally subsidized pills in place of her upcoming bypass surgery? Sure. Hey, Ma, I got great news. You don't gotta go to the hospital after all. Just take these here pills and you'll be better in no time. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Uh, beats me. Would you leave your children hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt? Yeah, why not? Hi, sign here, and here, and here. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Comrade, would you publicly denounce the Republican Party and all it stands for? What? Would you agree to be bussed at government expense to a protest rally in front of Rush Nimbaugh's home and walk around waving a sign that says Rush to Fascism? You're kidding me, right? Would you be willing to dress up like Hitler and attend the next next day our tea party in your area? Mister, if you don't walk away from me right now, I'm gonna beat the shit. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Me? Well, hell, I'd do just about anything. Would you tear up the U.S. Constitution? You bet I would. Here you go. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Obamacare? Would you agree to donate your organs to medical science at the moment out of your death? Uh, well, sure, I mean, if it might help save lives, I... What would you do for Obamacare? Okay, thank you, Dark Prince, D-A-R-C-P-R-Y-N-C-E. Check out his YouTube channel. All right. Of course, that means it's time for Medical Madness from the Express.
The bacteria, Bacillus F., was locked in permafrost for millions of years until Russian scientists discovered it. Test up, test had up only been what? Test had up only been performed on mice. That's that's how it's written, and human blood cells until Anatoly Brokhov, head of the geocryology department at Moscow State University, offered to test the bacteria on himself. What are you nuts? The scientist now claims to have been free of illness for two years following his injection. He said, I started to work longer. I have never had a flu or for the last two years. After successful experiments on mice and fruit flies, I thought it would be interesting to try the inactivated bacterial culture. Dr. Brokhoff claims the bacteria actually resides in trace amounts of the region's water. He said the permafrost is thawing, and I guess those bacteria get into the environment, into the water, so the local population, the Yakut people, in fact, for a long time are getting these cells with water, and even seem to live longer than some other nations. So there was no danger for me. The scientist has confessed he has no idea what the bacteria has done to him. He added, but we do not know exactly yet how it works. In fact, we do not know exactly how aspirin works, for example, but it does. The same is true here. We cannot understand the mechanism, but we see the impact. Perhaps there were some side effects, but there should be some special medical equipment to spot them. <coughs> Excuse me. No. Dr. Brokhoff claims that if scientists could discover the key to the bacteria's longevity, we probably would be able to find a tool to extend our own lives. The scientists discovered the bacteria in 2009 embedded in an ancient permafrost at a site known as Mammoth Mountain in the Sakha Republic in Siberia. Dr. Brokhoff said his team saw the sustainable impact of the bacteria on the longevity of mice and fruit flies. He added, for now, we cannot understand the mechanism, but we see the impact. Well, there you go. They don't know. And they still don't know aspirin works. We're supposed to trust them. Look, it's truth in advertising. They, it's, they call it practicing medicine for a reason. And when you have stuff like me, rheumatological disorders, we really get into witch doctor land. <clears throat> All right, this one's from Live Science. Six key findings from 2016. Are there more or fewer doctors than ever before? How many people are really smoking weed? Are people opting... <laughs> really... Are people opting for flu vaccine in greater numbers? No, I opt out. Live Science looked into these questions and others by reviewing key data from 2015 and 2016, scouring for trends in health and medicine. Here are six of our findings. The percentage of Americans who use marijuana has increased. Are more Americans smoking marijuana than ever before? Yes. But the change may not be drastic. A recent confidential Gallup poll found that 13% of Americans said they currently smoke marijuana. That's up from 11% of Americans in 2015, a 
and 7% of Americans two years prior in 2013. Some research suggests that more people may be smoking marijuana because they view it as less harmful than people did in the past. A study published in August in the journal The Lancet Psychiatry showed that concerns about the risk of marijuana dropped between 2002 and 2014. The National Institute on Drug Abuse is supporting a great deal of work in states and in regions of the country that have experienced the biggest legal and social changes. So we can begin to understand what does the changing social environment lead to in terms of health effects or health issues, said Dr. Wilson Compton, Deputy Director at the National Institute on Drug Abuse and lead author of the study. It is not it is a necessary study because all the propaganda about, about marijuana throughout since the 50s was nothing but that, junk and marijuana, and nothing but to scare people and... Uh, and I got to tell you right now, it has medicinal properties. It's just a fact. Sort of like that last thing I read. They don't know exactly how it works, but they see the effects. See? They don't want to tell you that part because, well, then that would be telling you it's okay. If, see, if it's good for you, then, you know, it's okay. Well, and we're killing off bacteria with all... I don't know if you brought that up or not. No, I didn't bring it up because this is a different thing and... I don't know. Should we? Should, should the? I think that tribe of the Yakuts should take that water, bottle it, label it, and sell it. And call it the uh, Fountain of Youth, Fountain of Youth Water Fact Water Company. Well, you, it's funny that you say that because when our kids were here, that's what they wanted to do with our spring water. Yeah, I know, but it's just spring water. That stuff makes you live longer, and not get sick. It's to me though. It's more important that we don't kill off all this bacteria. No, there are helpful bacteria. This is one, obviously. There are plenty of helpful bacteria. But if you kill bacteria in general, in mass, you kill the good with the bad. And the problem with that is the good come back slower than the bad, and so the bad end up taking over. And now you've got now you've got a real health problem on your hands. So, But if you just do soap and water and stuff like that, now, no bleach and... You'll you'll be fine. You'll get the you'll get a clean plenty. You do not want a a uh, what's the word they sterile? use sterile. Yeah, you don't want a sterile environment. That I tell you, the vacuum. It's the same way when you bear dirt on the ground. What's the you first? You did not play my intro. Yes, I did. Now oh, you shut did. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's right. It goes slides back. That's right. <laughs> I know I'm being silly. You know what those what you're talking about is true though, except like in weeds come back first, right? Always yes, weeds first. Yes, and you will have and then they're doing... kind of out of a control, right? But that same thing with bugs. You spray for bugs, you yep. kill all the bugs on your plants. Yep. Yeehaw! What happens now? You got more bugs on all the bad ones. You've killed off all the good ones and all the bad ones, and all the good ones come back. All the good ones don't come back fast. The bad ones come back fast, and then they end up taking over, and it's it's. There's no room for the good. Oh, you mean they like can't frogs? control them anymore? Progs, the progs come back fast. Progs are never ending. <laughs> they are. It's but like we, evil. It's relentless. Well, we know this because we are organic, um, farmed or homesteaded down in Florida, and that was the first thing that Brian he researched. Well, we we knew all this stuff because we took science. I wish I would have taken. I organic knew it because I experimented. Yes, you did. And I in Florida got an ecosystem going that I didn't have to spray. 
And I, I rarely had to pick bugs even off a leaf or anything. Uh, I had, it, it was just an ecosystem that worked just fine. If, I didn't mess with it. I didn't play stuff with it. I sucked it up when some plants got some things going. I just sucked that up, got rid of the plant, and just let the rest go. <clears throat> and after the first year or two, the bug problem was under control because nobody was spraying. And then the government decided they're going to come spray my property at Malthion for mosquitoes. Oh, uh, you didn't want to be there that night. Neither did that poor black guy. I know we keep saying telling this story over the and poor over guy, again. I, I'm going. I'm going to take. I'm going to take this truck right back to the shop right now, and I'm quitting. Okay then. <laughs> I stopped him before he got to my property, uh, and uh, so I didn't get sprayed. But the drift from where he was spraying on the other side of the road drifted into my place. That's how we knew about it because my guests were were in a screen tent were choking on malthion, which is by the way a toxic agent. It's a it's a nerve agent. Well, the other thing that you're bringing out as well, we can talk about very quickly. Getting your government back so that doesn't happen. <laughs> right, get you're... things under control. Try try to understand that uh, spraying mal air, air spraying malathion over everybody's property is a health problem for people like us well, that don't use air conditioning. So we're not inside closed up. We're outside, or, or we're, the windows are open. And not only, and old people, for God's sakes, you could kill them in their sleep doing stuff like that. Well, and look at what they did with the bees with the stupid Zinka virus. That just happened this year. They were spraying in South Carolina and North Carolina because of the Zinka virus. Zika, and they, Zika. And they killed all the honeybees. Remember we did a report? Well, you kill, you kill bees. The honeybees are very fragile. They're a very unique ecosystem. But, you, you know, you, can, you can't spray, aerial spray things that kill bugs without killing them it's just well the thing was that they had it was uh it was a cold so the the stupid people that were in charge figured that the bees would be inside but then they when they went to go spray it, they got a warm snap and the bees came out right remember we reported on that it went away pretty fast didn't it yeah then the bee problem is still out there uh Anybody that wants to help out can have bees in their backyard. Check your local ordinances, but it's usually not a problem. You can get a small backyard hive, uh, top bar hive. Put it in, I only recommend this for not cold, really, really cold places. Uh, but, yeah, a little top bar hive. It actually looks good nestled in your, in your uh, beds, uh, flower beds and stuff. And then, of course, plant some stuff that they like to, eat, like to use for food. Yes, all of our experiments failed up but here. But understand, when you do this, whoever sprays, whoever's spraying in the neighborhood, the bee can, bees can get exposed to it when crawling around the flowers because some people don't follow instructions, and you're not supposed to f spray any plant once it's flowered. There's pre-emergent and emergent sprays. After, after the thing flowers, you're not supposed to do that, and that's the reason why, because everything that pollinates that flower is going to pick up that poison and in the bees, honeybee case, it brings it back to the hive. And it also gets it to the honey and, you know. It, but <clears throat> it's worth trying. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of diverse gardens in uh, two miles square radius in suburbia land. And your bees will probably do pretty well. Uh, of course, you can go around handing out pamphlets to people so that they don't spray flowers <clears throat> when their plants are flowering. 
And by the way, education is good because if we did that every two miles square across the whole country, eventually people would realize they're wasting their time spraying it when it's flowering anyway, and you're killing off beneficial insects, especially honeybees. Anyway, we people went to- love honeybees because they love honey. <laughs> so if you're brave enough to have them, and believe I'll say brave enough because I did use a suit the whole time. Yes, our bees. We tried almost every experiment that we've tried up here has failed. Have you realized that? And every experiment that we tried down most most experiments fail in Florida. They were successful. Well, because they're a different environment, different different experiments. No, it's different experiments, different reasons. And you learn from failed experiments more than you do successful ones, right? You don't think you don't think Einstein just just sat up and said e equals m c squared? No, <laughs> or Edison, or any of them, right? Or Franklin. It takes it takes experimentation, and with it, by the definition definition of experimentation, you're going to have failure. Eventually, you get success. Anyway, we went down a really, 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 really long rabbit hole for you that sent one. Me there. <laughs> I know. Because you didn't have enough material, I know. Oh, no, 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 no. I wanted to bring up about the bacteria because of... I think that bacteria is cool, but I need to know some more about it because it shipped me some of that water. It's not just that. Is that when we were watching um, live TV the other night, they were, there was like four commercials. It might heal my rheumatological disorder, Susan. I know. We got to contact the Yakuts. Okay. Have them send me a, a mason jar of this water. But when the, I'll introduce it into my stream, into my spring. But when I found this story, I was interested in it, and I brought up the bacteria, and then we went down the rabbit hole. But I brought it up because when we were watching live TV, by the way, there's nothing on TV because of the holidays. We usually DVR everything, and it's gone. Um, yeah, it's amazing how fast <laughs> TV just disappeared. It, it was amazing to me how many antibacterial products oh, commercials. and commercials i'm like are you freaking kidding me didn't People the cdc are still come out and tell them not do it yet they should have they should buy and ban these products from the market that it is causing serious problems it's just causing resistant bacteria that keeps popping up that you hear about super bad the novo virus it comes from you people overusing things like bleach and also from pieces of brown, pieces of brown crap coming over the border well yeah they brought a lot a lot of uh, disease with them of course third world poor people they don't have good health care they have all kinds of diseases no they're over here to get our health care which yeah, we but, can't get but they, they're ruining what we did we created a place we didn't have any of these diseases anymore we eradicated it then they just brought it back across the border they're all back another reason you should be oh the poor Mexicans the poor South Americans oh they're so misunderstood yeah well when your kid dies of some weird disease brought across the border by, I don't know, people he brings in from Syria or Africa or South America, don't come crying to me. Well, they just closed over the, right before the, uh, what do you call it, winter break, because of course they don't call it a Christmas break anymore. They closed three schools in Colorado because they had an outbreak of Novovirus. Where the heck did those no, kids norovirus, get it? Norovirus, right? I think it's Norvo, but I can look it up. Doesn't matter. Where did this come from? Colorado. We already was, covered the, where that came from. It comes from south of the border. And how much money did you did those parents lose? Not to mention the Africans. Let me get started there. Somalians. Well, the, the they brought over somebody with that 
disease over there, hemorrhagic fever, whatever. Oh, God, we got to go to break. Check Crop Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause. We'll be right back. You have time to make it. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Operation Homefront operates programs with the goal of making a difference in military family quality of life. They serve younger families of deployed service members, typically in the ranks of E1 through E6 in all branches of the armed forces. Operation Homefront provides a wide range of programs and is dedicated to helping the families our troops leave behind. For more information, please visit their website at operationhomefront.net. Okay, we have a little humor for you called You Might Be a Liberal. If you think Durka Durka Murtha Jihad is your hero, you might be a liberal. If you sit around all day thinking about ways of getting rid of President George W. Bush, you might be a liberal. If your children are channel surfing on the television and they come across the Fox News channel and suddenly stand up and yell, Heil Hitler, uh, you might be a liberal. If you think Rush Limbaugh is the Antichrist, you might be liberal. If you think the United Nations should rule the world, you might be liberal. If you feel that Bill Clinton was the best president in the history of the United States of America, you might be liberal. If you vote for a candidate because they are good-looking, you might be liberal. If you think Nancy Pelosi is brilliant, you might be liberal. If you base your life on the slogan, if it feels good, do it, you might be liberal. If you're waiting for utopia to begin, you might be liberal. If you believe there is no right or wrong, but it's a personal decision, man. You might be liberal. And lastly, if you name your children Moon Unit, Apple, or Seven, you might be a liberal. What shall we do about evil? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, 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 evil exists. We see it all the time. In the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spy. Defeated. Defeated. Let me just say... Uh, Defeated.
Jeremiah was my pastor. He was a good friend of mine. I said I never heard a single nasty word he said, and I hope you'd believe that line. I had the audacity of hope that you'd believe that line. Now I'm saying, Reverend Wright was wrong. Jeremiah's gone now. He sleeps with the fishes in the deep blue sea. And he didn't speak for me. But I have an uncomfortable feeling that this prosperity isn't something on which we can base our hopes for the future. No nation in history has ever survived a tax burden that reached a third of its national income. Today, 37 cents out of every dollar earned in this country is the tax collector's share. And yet our government continues to spend $17 million a day more than the government takes in. We haven't balanced our budget 28 out of the last 34 years. We've raised our debt limit three times in the last 12 months. And now our national debt is one and a half times bigger than all the combined debts of all the nations of the world. We have $15 billion in gold in our treasury. We don't own an ounce. Foreign dollar claims are $27.3 billion. And we've just had announced that the dollar of 1939 will now purchase 45 cents in its total value. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, Hour 2. That was hard. Oh, boy. All right. Back from commercial. Thank you, Paul Shanklin. And uh, that Reagan clip was from the 1960s. Look how much worse we are now. For those interested, at the bottom of the hour... We'll open up for some phone calls. Our number is 406-565-4189. 406-565-4189. Again, we only have one line. First come, first serve. If you want to get in there now, wait a half hour, go ahead. <laughs> but it's okay. We don't need callers. According, where was I? Oh, yeah, the National Institute on Drug Abuse is supporting a great deal of work in the states and in the regions of the country that have been had experienced the biggest legal and social changes. So we can begin to understand what does the changing social environment lead to in terms of health effects or health issues, said Dr. Wilson Compton, Deputy Director at the National Institute on Drug Abuse and lead author of the study. Now, that, of course, is unconstitutional, number one. Number two... Drugs are legal because the Constitution didn't give them any power over drugs, at least nationally speaking. Uh, your local, state, and local laws are your problem. But, you know, I, I, I could sit here all day and just point unconstitutional, 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 unconstitutional. Much of a show, would it? Brian, we're, we've done this for almost 10 years and we're going to continue to say what's unconstitutional. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I could just say that all the time. I know. But I don't because it's it's just. It just gets annoying to me to just have to keep saying it. It's like obvious at this point. But I know I get new listeners and, and drive-bys and all this, and I should be 
I should have my stick, but you know, I get, I don't like, this is not a, this is not a, sh- a show to me, like, it's not an act. I don't, if I wanted to put on an act, it sure would be this one. Anyway, the number of mass shootings remained about the same. According to the Gun Violence Archive, the number of mass shootings in the U.S. in 2016, as of December 13th, was 367, slightly fewer than the 372 mass shootings in 2015. What aren't you? What aren't you counting? Because I'm pretty sure we have more than that in Detroit. You got to be kidding me! I know. I know for a fact there were hundreds of shootings in Detroit and Chicago. And Chicago, but Detroit. No, Chicago, every weekend somebody's reporting on... Oh, yeah, and don't forget Washington, D.C. and New but York City. But they're talking about mass shootings. They're not talking about individual... Oh, just the same mass shootings? Oh, yep. well, it's good to know it went down a little bit. Okay, but what constitutes a mass shooting? We've actually did It's broadly defined by the Gun Violence Archive as one in which at least four people are killed or injured. See, it's right there in the article. Right. Thank you. Okay, so that's what it's defined as. Still, I don't care if up and down. What, I don't care about the stats. I don't want any mass shootings. Because if people had guns, there would be mass shootings. Because they'd never get to number four. Guaranteed, by by two or three, he'd be dead. You wouldn't get to number four. And usually he might be dead and get zero if the right people are around. But that's all right. Keep us disarmed, idiot progs. And the next time you're cowering in some public place, one of your favorite gun-free zones, and a gunman comes in, starts shooting up the place, shooting people, I want you to remember, you're the one that disarmed all your fellow citizens that could have saved your life. I want you to think about that as you die. This is my fault. I am a useful idiot. Forgive me, Lord. I know not what I do. But you make a great point. <laughs> it's like there would be no mass shootings because we would all be armed. Right. What kind of what kind of idiot wants to walk in? And <laughs> like everybody in the room has a gun. You kind of feel outnumbered at that point, don't you think? <laughs> oh goodness. I'm I'm starting to laugh. That's good. The coffee must be kicking in. The deadliest incident by far was the June 12th shooting at an Orlando nightclub where 49 people were killed and 53 others were wounded. All because there were progressive homosexuals who didn't believe in carrying firearms. Come on. How would this be possible if they were armed? If they had the notion of self-defense, how is this possible? There must have been knives somewhere. See, this is the other thing that people don't understand about we Americans, the real Americans. After this incident, there was gun ranges across the country that were offering free lessons to who? Homosexuals. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't want to encourage. Why should I care if they defend themselves or not, really? If they don't care about their own life, I don't. Well, but the point is that that's what an American is all about. And these people are bringing in these fuzzy muzzies. They hate you, homosexuals. They hate you. They kill you. They hang you. What do we do? We give you guns. And the overwhelming majority of Americans hate homosexual activists. But what? Not homosexuals. See, you've you've been told the wrong thing. 
We don't care one way or another about you. As long as you just you know do your thing behind closed doors and leave us out of it. We don't care. Don't make us don't make us care. The activist makers care. That's not a good thing for you. And the evil, evil conservatives. But we got protective laws. I ain't gonna protect you from getting your butt handed to you. You can cry it's against the law you want. I'm pretty sure the people beating you up, no assault batteries against the law, they're doing it anyway. That's why that's why you need to go and get training at the gun route. See all the most the all the real people that are uh, the, like the, beh- the natural victims, okay? I don't, I don't like to use the term, but I'm just my head's not in today. I can't think of another way to say it. Old people, s- sick people, homosexuals, women. These people need guns more than the rest of us. To level the playing field. But no, we won't give them guns because, you know, they might hurt themselves. Oh, the other stupid thing. The, over, the left says this all the time, and it's an absolute lie, and the only reason it keeps saying it is because you believe it. Guns are not evil. Guns do not shoot people. Uh, and the overwhelming majority of shootings are not shooting one's loved ones. No, we're going to go back to doing a, a, a gun segment every show, or at least... Uh, What's that thing called? Uh, Armed Citizen. Armed Citizen report from the NRA. We'll go over those stories. There's plenty of stories. People use it to shoot the bad guys or scare the bad guys away or protect their loved ones. Not shoot their loved ones. This is a a propagandist, nonsensical thing that you could prove to be propaganda by just looking it up. Ladies and gentlemen, please look everything up. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust me. Look it up. I put all the links on the blog, uncooperativeblogger.com. All the links from the shows shows are there. You can go check the, all my sources yourself. And if it's something I'm talking about that I just have knowledge of, you can do a search on the internet. You don't have to trust me. I don't expect you to trust me. I'm not into propaganda, so I don't care. I'm not into telling you something false either. And if I do, and you, you find out I, I said something that was wrong, it wasn't intentional, please contact me and let me know so I can correct myself. But to have 100, <coughs> 102 people get shot, how can you shoot 102 people without being overwhelmed? Why didn't 102 people charge him? How the heck could he survive that? What They all cowered in the corner and got sh- What the heck? It must have been a nightmare. People running everywhere. Everybody running away. That's what they want. Don't be a don't be a herd animal. This goes with you. You want to go out in the wilderness where I live. You better learn how to walk and how to and what to expect. You can't just walk around like it's New York City streets. All right, maybe if you were in Harlem or East New York, Fed Stuyvesant might be something a little like that. You got to be aware of your surroundings. But. You also don't run away from predators. The minute you run, you're prey. So you never want to run, ever. No matter what it is, don't run. Back away slowly if you want. Talk to it soothingly if you want. Don't stare it in the eyes if you're smart. Do not run. If all those people just stopped for a second and decided to charge him, he would never stood a chance. Never. Never. Instead, 
102 people shot. I can't even imagine someone being able to shoot 102 people. Cops can't shoot one person. The other thing that I do like also about this, this new administration, he has the guts to call them what they are. Terrorists. Muslims. And Muslims. And uh, again, homosexuals. You all think that you, you got to group up with the muzzies and make you a stronger bl- block or something, and along with the socialists and you know, international socialists, communist organizations, etc. No, you, trust me on this. Right after, right after you're d- d- they're done winning, they're killing you. But don't feel bad; they'll kill the progs too. Commies, socialists, prog—they don't care. If you don't worship Allah, you're dead. Or a dimmy, but they're not in a dimmy mood right now. They're in a dead mood. Dead and slaves. Always slaves. Okay, so Islam is evil. Moving along. Researchers are increasingly looking at shooters' behavior rather than their ideologies in order to help prevent such attacks. Again, why are they looking for behavior rather than their ideologies? Their ideology is what drives them. Again, we can't look at Islam because then we would come to the conclusion that Islam is evil and that's politically incorrect. But true. That's the problem with political correctness. You're not allowed to speak the truth. That's what it stops. It stops you speaking the truth. One study found that 83% of shooters who acted alone had hinted to others about their plans before becoming violent, said Mia Bloom a professor of communication at Georgia State University who studies suicide terrorism. There is no template, Bloom told Live Science in June. Yes, there is. Muslim. In the days after the Orlando shooting, what we're seeing more and more is that the logical, normal sequence is out of whack. Islam is evil. The 2016 Monitoring and Future Annual Survey, released by the National Institutes of Health Unconstitutional, showed that drug use among teens has dropped over the past year for certain substances. Don't you think individual uh, don't you think individual institutes of health in every state would be better than having one at the national government? Don't you? Don't you think it'd be cheaper and more effective and cl- more closely controlled? Of course it would. Anything the states are supposed to do all that stuff if they're not the national government, and only if their constitution allows for it. The 2016 monitoring of the future annual surgery, blah, 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 showed that drug use among teens has dropped over the past year for certain substances. So have you noticed, though, that they're... Wait, wait, medical marijuana is legal, all, legal all over the place. Right. And then you have recreational marijuana now going legal all over the place. Right. And they all said that was going to, that's a gateway drug. Oh, yep. God, and yep. kids are going to bomb them. That's exactly what I'm saying. All teen drug use is down. All of these, this report from this, whatever, Life Science down. article. Down. Is totally not what the lamestream media is reporting. No, it doesn't fit their, their uh, mural, if you will. I mean, they're saying that gun use is up and mass shootings gun are up. Gun use and... is up. Uh, look, illegal gun use is up. No, no kidding. Because look what Detroit and Chicago has turned into. It's the reason the sheriffs there go. You need to carry guns. 
We, you're the first line of defense. We're, we're your backup. We need you out there. And, but, you know, nobody, nobody seems to take that seriously. Uh, I told you, my solution is mayor. I'd give everybody guns. It's sort of like a Manhattan Project attitude towards nuclear weapons. Uh, there's one, there's one theory that you just arm everybody and then nobody will want to use it. Except we know now Islam exists and they're crazy. They'll use it. So that won't work. But again, being vigilant. A Muslim is not your friend, even though you think he is. When push comes to shove, he will choose Islam over you any day of the week. And the only way they get to go to heaven in Islam, there's no redemption in Islam, you know, unless you're a jihadist, that you die a jihad. Then you go to heaven. All you have to do in Christianity is believe in Jesus Christ and you go to heaven. Of course, that's not tr- completely true. You've got to be sorry for your sins. You've got to try not to be a sinner as best you can. God knows if you're trying or just dialing it in. So I'm just saying, at least there's redemption in Christianity. The only way they're redeemed in that horrible place, and they live, you know, these are really poor people in really poor places. Uh, you know, I'll die. I'm going to die in the name of my God, so I can go to heaven. Otherwise, I'm going to I'm going to suffer here until I die and go to hell. See, that, that's kind of that's the narrative they're not telling you. They're saying our actions over there caused this horse pocky. <laughs> First of all, our actions over there kept this under control all these decades. The people we installed kept these people under control. This administration removed them all. It's like pulling the cork out of the genie's bottle. You can't put the genie back. And you're going down another rabbit hole. No, Islam. It's I not know. a rabbit hole. Islam is one, is our major problem. A major focus should be on Islam. Major. And I hope Trump understands that. So, teens are not dr- as big druggies as they used to be. It's down. <laughs> That's all it says. But, you know, I, you'd much rather them smoke pot than do crystal meth. And crystal meth is available everywhere, and it's cheap. You get hit, you get addicted to that after one hit, and, and it, turned, it turns you into a zombie. It destroys you. It's worse than crack cocaine. You remember crack whores. Well, this is worse. I mean, it's, it's nothing but horrible chemicals. Like, it's under the sink. That's how they make this stuff. Okay, are you going to go it's through poison. this or not? Yeah. Okay. When I feel like it. You in a hurry? <laughs> in 2015, 1.8% of teenagers reported having used cocaine in the past year, compared to 1.3% in 2016. Among 8th graders, past year use of inhalants, such as spray paints and glues, dropped from 4th. See, they're going to get high in about what? You might as well say, do something natural instead of this stuff. An 8th grader? I wasn't even thinking about it in 8th oh, grade. Oh, yeah. It was It was a military school in 7th grade, in my military school even. Really? I was in Catholic school in eighth grade. Huffing aerosols, yeah. Ugh. I don't like it. I never liked any of that stuff. It's never. It's, Ugh. You know, I tried it because I was in I was oh I was in with the older officers and so they were doing it and so I tried it. Wow. That is like it's a really intense thing and and then it's like you're nee, 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 but it lasts like like a minute and it's gone. Ugh. You gotta do it again. I'm like it's stupid. I don't want to keep doing this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, I never. No. Nope. But, you know, I gave it a shot. I'm the kind of person to give just about anything a shot once. 
Uh, so anymore. Among eighth graders, the past year use in Helens, blah, 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 we did that, dropped from 4.6% in 2015 to 3.8% in 2016. Again, I'd rather them inhale marijuana than toxic chemicals. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, where was I? And past year use of MDMA ecstasy dropped from 1.4% to 1.0%. Furthermore, the past year, use of the prescription drugs Vicodin and OxyContin plummeted amongst 12th graders from 9.7% and 4.3% respectively in 2015 to 2.9% and 3.4% respectively in 2016. And again, Brian, like that caller we were listening to a talk show tonight, calling in a veteran. It was like two or three of them. That we can't even get drugs for our veterans for their pain because the Congress is all involved. They're screaming about the kids are using all this stuff. And Susan, uh, what? I am actually a veteran in the VA. I know. I knew about this a long time. I know. They I'm have. Saying. They have all these drugs that they've moved up to the highest status. You put drugs, and these drugs, if you prescribe them. Doctors don't want to prescribe them because it's at that state in the, or in the national government. They basically just don't give it to you. Whether everything else failed or not, they won't give it to you. Ask for a fentanyl patch, which is something doctors give all the time for pain. And I was told no. We're talking somebody in constant pain 24-7. No relief. At least give me a patch so I could sleep. No, I'm not going to do that. That's the VA. I can tell you, I, I can only tell you my horror stories. There are worse stories out there, but I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go. I don't want to go to the doctor's office. I don't. I can't stand my doctor. I'm waiting for a replacement, but that's going to mean I have to go an extra hour, hour and a half driving out of my way. And of course that means I'm going to, I'm going to suffer like I am right now for driving up the mountain, up and down the mountain all all week, two weeks. I forget. How long was that? It seemed like a year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's not just the VA. It's all doctors across the board, Brian. You're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. No, right. they're afraid of the federal government. I mean, my girlfriend, she can't, she's can't. she got fibromyalgia. She can't get medication for it. They absolutely told her no. So do I. And... My and next season up, thanks to Ankylosis spondylitis. No, oh no, even when I had insurance, doctors, no, even, nope. even back in the 80s. They were starting to do they, this crap. They did it, because I was like, they ran out of stuff to give me, because Tylenol with coating does nothing for me. Nothing. Zip. Everything they gave me did absolutely nothing for me, other than maybe screw up my head, which some of them did. But that was it, never for pain. And so rather than go up to the next step, they just stop and say, well, that's all we can do. Well, there's all these other drugs. Yep, but I'm not prescribing any of them. Now, even Talwin's in that state. Oh, what's it? Well, no, wait, what's that one? I, one Tramadol. I Tramadol. They just, they just, the government put that up now. It's a schedule yep, one. Yeah, that's the one my girlfriend's on. <clears throat> because, because people abuse it. Again, just because some people abuse it, why is it I can't get it? I didn't abuse it. Take it away if I abuse it, but I didn't abuse it. You're little Johnny. Yeah, I, I'm a lot of things. And right now, those women in, the women in the clinic hate my guts, so I really don't want to have to go back there again. Anyway, keep going on. It's okay. It's mutual. I don't like them either. 
I don't hate them. I, I try not to hate. Although there's one person that I really do feel a little hate for. From marijuana, Mary Jane, if you will. Past year use among 8th graders dropped from 11.8% in 2015 to 9.4% in 2016. Wait, all this recreational marijuana, kids are going to be going crazy with marijuana. Not so much. (laughs) It went down. It didn't even flatten out. It went down. What teenager are taking these surveys, by the way? Who are they asking? How oh, are they I, getting their stats? I don't. Well, I don't know, but they're allowed to use cell phones now, so I'm sure they just get their. <laughs> they they have just like any anybody who sells anything has a list of contacts to call, cold call, whatever. Same thing. They just call a bunch of people and then try and get the what they want out of it. And it's since it's confidential, they get they're more apt to tell yes or no. Yeah, I use drugs because they're not gonna. They're not going to report who does, who does it. It's all anonymous. Right. Okay. Thank so I don't, I don't know how, you know, I could, that's not a, I, I can't tell you exactly how they did it because I, I didn't, I'm not part of the, the whole thing and they didn't tell us about it. Uh, but I know how it kind of works and it, and that Gallup can be, sometimes it gets biased though. You can't trust even Gallup. But stuff like this, you can trust them on because it goes against the progressive narrative. If you see any see any news agent should go against the progressive narrative, that's probably a good news source. Um, among 10 to 12th graders, the rates were relatively stable, around 24% and 36%, respectively, in 2016. These findings from the Monitoring the Future survey are in line with those of another study, published this year in the journal Drug and Alcohol Dependence, which found that pot use among adolescents and young adults has remained steady not just in the past year, but in the past decade, despite the passage of medical marijuana laws. Surveys from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention show that the rate of flu vaccinations dropped in American adults between 2015 okay, and 2016 right there. based on the data from January to June of each year. Americans in the three ages. No, no, no. I copied Stop, stop. I copied and pasted wrong. That was the end. You really? I did. You copied and pasted wrong? Gee, that's never happened before. Anyway. She wants to go to break. Second Quadrant Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause. We'll be right back. The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots. Common sense. Conservative talk radio. It's on the internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio. Featuring some of the most popular internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. 
Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-917-2194 That's 800-917-2194 Attention users of the blood-thinning drug Xarelto. If you took the drug Xarelto and experienced complications such as cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, you may be eligible to get a cash award for your suffering. Call the Xarelto Help Hotline now at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. To qualify for a cash settlement, you must file a claim before the deadline. So don't miss your opportunity for a cash settlement. Call 855-719-3101 now for a free no-obligation consultation. Our call center is open 24-7. So if you took the drug Xarelto and experienced cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, call the Xarelto Help Hotline at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. That's 855-719-3101. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-
sound like crazy chicken. You went down too far. I did not. It's the next one. No, you didn't. Yes, I I did. No. Good. This is what you said. Okay, no, the flu vaccine. You didn't get through that. You told me to stop up here. Right, because I double-paced that one, but underneath that headline... No, you didn't double-paste that one. I have not read that before. Um, It's going to be down below, where it says flu vaccination rates are down. There. That's what Don't try and fix the show in the middle of the show. It doesn't work, <laughs> as you can see. You just messed up the show. <laughs> For Americans ages 18 to 49, the percentage who received flu shot dropped from 32.9% in 2015 to 31.6% in 2016. Oh, come on, that's... That's got to be in with it. It's got to be in the area of error. Come on. It should be right. According to CDC statistics, so that's basically flat. For American ages fifty to sixty-four, the percentage dropped from four point nine one percent to four point forty-five point one percent. Forty-nine point one percent. Forty-nine point one percent to forty-five point four percent. For Americans sixty-five and older. The rate declined from 71.7% to 69.4%. Okay, I have something to really say about this flu vaccination. I'm really tired of this. I have never gotten one. I have never gotten one either. And both of us were medical professionals for a very long time. I was was a ghetto medic, and I worked flu. Yep, season. Flu flu season? Oh, my God. Epidemic. Not just flu season. Yep. And I've said this before to uh, listeners that have been with us forever. The only thing you need to do is wash your hands, wash your surfaces, cover your mouth. A mask is a good idea. Soap, soap and water. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's it. That's all you need is soap and water. I have never... When I worked for Montana Developmental Center, which is a... Like a group home, is where everyone's terrified of having a flu outbreak. And we didn't have a flu vaccine for a whole flu season. And our rate of... Flu in that given season went down because of the practices that we initiated. Uh huh. Not overfilling garbage. Why hand washing? Hand washing. Oh no! Here's the most important part that still happens. Please, please. I used to try. I used to tell my partners this. Drive crazy. Do not handle anything with your gloves on, unless your gloves haven't touched anybody before. If you touch somebody with your gloves and then you go outside and write the chart, it just contaminated everything you touch. You're supposed to pull the gloves off, throw them away, wash your hands, then go out and do what you have to do. Now, but, but the way things are now, I recommend after you wash your hands, put gloves back on, go out with clean gloves and handle everything you want to handle because the other people, the other nurses and doctors are probably not doing this. At least that's not been my experience. How about you? Oh, are you kidding me? The first thing, I insulted so many nurses because the first thing I would do, especially as a travel nurse, is go into wherever I had my workstation or my medication cart and wipe the damn thing down. Yeah, I used to say if they were steering wheel. <laughs> I used to drive them insane. They're like, well, what do you think? I'm, I'm a pig? And I'm like, uh, no, I don't trust anybody, and I'm a travel nurse. It's I'm like, only here for 13 weeks. Well, I, so you got to lead by example. And, uh, and th- being there 13 weeks, that's hard. But my partners learned by example they, because they'd watch me. I'd pull my gloves off, throw them on the dashboard inside out at, before I touched anything. If I was outside, I'd pull them off outside before I touch the handle, the door handle. And then I'd take them off and throw them on the dashboard before I touched anything else. And we cleaned the unit. I cleaned the unit in the beginning of the shift myself. Just cleaned the whole 
take the steering wheel, hold it inside where I'm going to touch everything cleaned it. Because I know what everybody does. They get traumas. They got blood all over their gloves. I see them pulling into the ER all the time. Blood all over their gloves. They're driving. Now the blood's all over the steering wheel. Uh, uh, he's also doing the paperwork. It's on the pen. It's on the clip. It's on the clipboard. I'm just like, what is wrong with you? You th- you really think you can't take a time to take your gloves off, or the patient's going to die? Man, if it's that close, he's going to die anyway. Because these <laughs> ER doctors are not magic. As a matter of fact, most of your doctors are doctors that are just doing their volunteer time to keep up their status, and they don't know what they're doing. They don't even understand advanced cardiac life support, which is what you do when somebody goes to cardiac arrest. I know because I had to tell them. I know because I was asked to teach them. Speaking of residents, they're saying it's up. What's up, Doc? All right, let's see. The U.S. has more medical residents than ever before. In March of this year, thousands of fourth-year medical students received their residency placements, dictating where they would spend the next few years of their life and which residency program they would enter, according to the data from the National Resident Matching Program. The number of allopathic, it's allopathic, medical school seniors who were entering a residency in the United States in 2016, grew by 221 from 2015 to 18,668, or about 1.2% increase. Allopathic medical students earn an MD as opposed to other medical degrees such as DO, Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. The percentage of Americans without health insurance dropped. The percentage of Americans who do not have health insurance in the fourth quarter of 2016 was 8.6, down from 9.1% at the same time last year, according to data from the National Health Interview Survey. Of course, they're going to go up and they're going to keep going up because Obamacare, the Unaffordable Care Act, forces you to either get medical insurance or pay a fine or go to jail. Obviously, forcing people to buy health insurance will have more people buying health insurance. But I think by I think the Americans' attitude towards this is clear. If it only went up from 8.6 to 9.1, while they're being forced to buy it, that means that 91, almost 91 percent, over 90 percent, don't have it. Doesn't it, it doesn't. All right, so the percentage of Americans did not have health insurance went down. Again, 8.6 to 9.0. No, down from 9.1, that's uh, 0.5%. While being mandated to buy health insurance. And other companies being mandated to pay for health insurance for their employees. And yet, we're not seeing a big difference and that means the american people reject this in july president barack hussein obama caesar authored a scientific article in the medical journal a jama what the journal of american medicine barack obama authored a scientific article really what is his credentials exactly 
I used I used to be a lawyer before I, I had to turn in my law degree because I was such a corrupt piece of crap, and so did my wife, and so did Bill and Hitler, Rotten Clinton. While Obama has acknowledged the success of the drop of uninsured Americans, he also wrote that despite this progress, too many Americans still strain to pay for their physician visits and prescriptions, recommended policies that could produce that could reduce the cost of prescription drugs, and encouraged Congress to consider a government-run insurance plan that would compete in the insurance market. No. Get out. Government has no right to be involved in medical care. Oh, by the way, even... I I know you paid into it, so here we are. Even Social Security is unconstitutional. There's nothing in the Constitution that allows the government to provide for your pension. In fact, there's nothing in the Constitution that allows the government to do anything for you. And yet, here it is. Struggle, blah, 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 prescription, cover their deductibles, or pay their monthly insurance bills. He also recommended policies that could reduce the cost of prescription drugs and encourage Congress to consider a government-run insurance plan that would compete in the insurance marketplace. No. Just tell Trump to say no. We will have... What we will do is tell the states they have the right to block health any insurers from selling anything across state lines. As a matter of fact, you cannot block commerce of any kind. That is constitutional, and that is their job. Again, from live science. From a single breath, researchers can test for 17 different diseases and health conditions that fall into three broad categories. Cancerous, inflammatory, and neurological disease. A single breath into a newfangled breathalyzer is all doctors need to diagnose 17 different diseases, including lung cancer, irritable bowel syndrome, and multiple sclerosis, a new study found. See, another thing about the VA, they don't have this. I'd love to see what had come up with me. I might have 17 different diseases. I'm not sure. You might blow the damn thing up. <laughs> I hate to say it, but... Right? Cannot compute. Cannot compute. Emergency. Cannot compute. Researchers invited about 1,400 people from five different countries to breathe into the device, which is still in its testing phases. This came from dogs, by the way. I know where this, exactly where this technology came from. It came from the dogs that could, they were doing studies. They could do this. Right. And so they tried to figure out a way to make a digital sniffer, like a dog's snout. Right, because they were saying that dogs can detect certain uh, types of cancer. Cancer in general. Right, but so then they expanded more it to other lung ones. cancer because you have you know breath, lung sounds. But that aerial <laughs> battle syndrome, you have to smell my backside. What's going on? Like a dog <laughs> <laughs> bend over and smell it. Oh wait, 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 wait! It gets worse in this article. They're going to tell you the history of this. Okay. <laughs> the breath breathalyzer, uh, the breathing device, still in testing phases. The breathalyzer could identify each person's disease with eighty-six percent accuracy. The researcher said. The technology because, works because each disease has its own unique breath print, the researchers wrote in the study. 
A breathalyzer analyzes microscopic compounds called volatile organic compounds. Everybody knows what VOCs are by now, right? Oh, you don't want paint. You want to paint with VOCs. You want VOC free, right? Well, VOC stands for volatile organic compounds. To detect each condition, testing for VOCs isn't a new approach. And, you know, that just means it gives off fumes. In 400 BC, physicians learned that smelling a patient's bodily emissions could help with diagnoses. I'm not doing this. I know, that's the way it gets worse. No, no, I, I'm, I will wait for a researcher to develop a mechanical thing to sniff his crap. It could be mine. Or maybe my nurse could do it. I, not going to be me. We had to. There's certain things I just, even as a medic, it's just I don't we do. Had to, we had to do. As a nurse, you're absolutely right. It was, uh, I can't help you with that, anything. I can't. <laughs> Why isn't there a canteen over here? That's all I need. They're, they're all empty. <laughs> I can't help. Move. Anyway, as a nurse, yes, that's what we had to do. We had to smell people's bodily fluids to see if they were infected or not. Only a doctor can diagnose, so I'm pretty sure the doctors had to no, do it. Oh, no, 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 no. We would tell them. They would say, well, is there this kind of an odor? Is it this kind of odor? And then we would just tell them, and then they would say, okay. Sounds well. simpler. <laughs> Sniff the crap myself, literally. <laughs> but while ex- excrement and other bodily substances such as blood contain VOCs. No, 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 no. You missed the best part. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. For instance. What? Right after emissions could help with the diagnosis. It says, I ha- I'd have to find that first. It's, it's, it's not the beginning right of there. anything. You stop there. You never try and tell somebody where they want to read, starting in the middle of a sentence. Okay, well, you started with 400 BC. Smelling a patient's bodily emissions could help with diagnoses. I read that. Right. For instance, Thank you. doctors used to smell... Well, you weren't pointing to for instance. <laughs> doctors used to smell the stools. Doctors used to smell... Doctors used to smell the stools. And you're an infant nobleman daily, the researchers said. I don't want that job. Well, you don't have to. You're not a doctor. <laughs> Could you imagine that's your job? Yeah, I, a I daily? Well, I don't know. Working for the working for the king, that's a good job. I'll, I'll sniff away. Ew. If I had to live in medieval times, you're darn right. <laughs> I'll do all kinds of things. Look, I'm not opposed to doing any job, even cleaning out porta potties. I'll do anything for money if I have to. I have I haven't had to really drop that low in the kind of jobs I've taken is cleaning out porta potties or pumping out you know cesspools and stuff like that. No, I don't want to do that. I'll do it, but I don't want to do it. Just like I was deep sea fisherman, I, I didn't really enjoy it. Well, it was long lining, you know, commercial. I should have said. Okay, but while the excrement of the bodily substances such as blood contain VOCs, contain, examining exhaled breath is the cheapest, easiest, and least invasive way to test for the compounds, the researcher said. But, yeah, it's certainly better than sniffing my backside. <laughs> to investigate using breath for diagnoses, the doctors developed a breathalyzer that had two nanolayers, one with carbon and the other without. The carbon-free layer contained modified gold nanoparticles and a network of nanotubes, both of which provide electrical conductivity, the researchers said. Now, this think- is nanite technology, man. I hate nanites. We're here. I hate I know. Nanites. We're all going to die from them sooner or later, but not in my lifetime, probably after I'm dead. What was or that- I don't know. What was that show? Was it- it wasn't Babylon 5. God rest his soul, by the way. It was Star- Stargate. Stargate freaked me out. About nanites. I know. Now she's a pain in the butt. 
I can't stand I it. I love technology. Do you think this will be available through Obamacare? The, Obamacare's history. Let's move on. No, it's not. Oh yeah, it's going to be completely defunded. Are you kidding me? There was a head. The big. He can all he has. If he look, Obamacare can move funds around in the executive. So can he. All he has to do is defund it. It's done. Okay. The headlight, the main headline in Fox News. I don't know. If I don't still care there. about Fox News. I just listen. Is that Obama's already calling up all the congressmen and senators to help them block what Trump's going to do about Obamacare? Can't. If he doesn't fund it, he doesn't fund it. You can't. I'll you I'm telling. You're not I listening. Know, I know. I know. I know. Susan, do not bring up that headline. Do not, not open a browser. Do not. Do I'm it. not going to. Yes, you were. No, I'm going to get rid of something. <laughs> That's up. <laughs> Anyway. Again, they have nothing to do with the executive branch. They can't stop him. They can only stop him for things that have to go through Congress. And yes, he's doing that. Of course he's doing that. Why would anybody listen to him except progressives? So let's let them out themselves. Anybody who fights Trump in Congress, there's your mark. That's a progressive. No matter what, you might as well go ahead now and vote for the D to get him out. Because one progressive is as good as another. And then maybe next time you'll have someone running against that commie that's actually a conservative and understands a constitution and the government we're supposed to live in. Oh, yeah. He's, he's on the phone right now calling everybody up or meeting with them. Or I know he's in Hawaii, whatever. He's Skyping, yeah, he's, whatever. Twi- he's twisting arms. He's trying to bribe people. You know, Trump's, Trump's got his own ways of doing that. So I wouldn't worry about it. But if I don't get some liquid... We're going to have to end the show. I'm sorry. I, I need liquid. My mouth is literally a desert. Meanwhile, back to nanotubes and nanocarbon-free layers and nanoparticles with provide electric conductivity. The carbon layer worked as a sensing layer to hold the exhaled VOCs, the scientist said. When a person breathed into the breathalyzer, that individual's VOCs interacted with the organic sensing layer, which in turn changed the electrical resistance of the inorganic sensors. By measuring this resistance, the researchers could determine that VOC, which VOCs were present. There are hundreds of known VOCs in exhaled breath. But the researchers need only 13 to distinguish among 17 different diseases. For instance, the VOC nano... Nan... <laughs> All right, this is... It's just making me laugh, I'm sorry. Non-anal <laughs> is linked to several disorders, including ovarian cancer, inflammatory bowel disease, and breast cancer, where the VOC's isoprene is associated with chronic liver disease, kidney disease, and diabetes. Smell the fumes. Because each VOC is tied to several conditions, these results support our findings that no single VOC can discriminate between different diseases. The researchers wrote in the study. Okay, so what is this, the implication, and and we're going to go on with more of this. Now, all these tests that they run for all of these diseases, people are employed doing this. You know, like the MRIs, the... the, Well, they will be, but... Right now, it's still in experimental phase, so it's not in the hospitals. It's not in the doctor's office. Okay, but isn't that going to threaten all these people's jobs? Which ones? That are the diagnosticians. No, it it just it's because it covers such a range of 
of disease, it helps in support of your diagnosis. But first, you have to have a lot more than this. That's what they actually said that. They inferred it anyway. Well, this is why I love that new show, Pure Genius. I love that show. It's awesome. I like House better. You liked House better? Yep. He was a freak. Might be of me. I like him. <laughs> well, you, you're not a drug addict here. Well, no, but besides the fact. Once the bread, well, I was on, I was on the, tra- I was on a, a path actually to become an epidemiologist. That's what I decided I was going to do. But then I realized how screwed up medicine was, and how much I'd have to pay in debts. It just didn't make any sense. Well, not only that, it's only going to we get worse. These progs are killing medicine. We were actually thinking of going out into the country, and we're talking that we were, you know, city people. We did go out into the country. No, but what we were going to plan is that you and I open up a practice together. Private practice in a small town. Right, and have people pay us with chickens and eggs. Well, pay whatever they can, with whatever they can. And that was dashed. Oh, yeah, because how are you going to pay $150,000 in student loans back if you're you're taking chicken eggs for seeing patients? It makes it, you can't do it. And besides, I was talking to doctors, and they were telling me they and already they hated leaving. it. Yeah. They already hated it, and so I wasn't going in. I would work that hard that long to go to a place that I already know I'm going to hate. Forget it. Heck, even as an EMT and a paramedic, I couldn't follow orders. If it was best for my patient, I did what's best for my patient. I didn't care what they said. I never got in trouble. Once the breathalyzer was built, researchers administered it to 813 people who were diagnosed with one of 17 diseases, as well as 591 controls. These were people from the same locations who did not have those diseases. All of the participants were in China, Israel, France, Latvia, or the United States, the researchers said. Next, the scientists used artificial intelligence to tally up the VOCs in each breath. Search a database for disease showing the same VOC concentration patterns and deliver a diagnosis. The researchers took breath samples for about 1,400 people from five different countries and tested them for 17 different diseases with a breathalyzer-like device. Then they verified the results using another method called GCMS. Researchers took breath samples from about 1,400 people. Uh, I think uh, GCMS is a mass spectral uh, spectrometer. People from five different countries tested blah 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 with a breathalyzer device. Then they verified with the method called GMS. Why does it say that twice? You gotta stop double tapping. The results were blinded, meaning that during the analysis, the researchers did not know which condition the part- participants had. Moreover, the research team verified its results with another method that measured the VOCs in each sample. The new breathalyzer isn't ready for the market yet. Further testing and better accuracy are needed first. But the study is an encouraging development, the researchers said. If it is made available to doctors, the device could be an affordable, easy-to-use, inexpensive, and miniaturized tool for personalized screening, diagnoses, and follow-up. The researchers wrote in the study, which was published online December 21st in the journal ACS Nano. This is your cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, because we'll be right back. (laughs) 
This is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to protect our liberty. Thank you. New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation, working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had any other plan except the shot. Damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the shop, can you dig it? You see, this cat buried is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your happy meal! Shaft, now playing in an economy near you. You're damn right. Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain, Return to Saddlesore Canyon. You know, Lindsey, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different. Feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Who can make the sun rise? Promise you the moon. Cover you with health care and a miracle or two. Obama can, Obama can, oh Obama can man, Obama can man, Obama can man, cause Five different budget plans on both ends of the ideological spectrum failed. Five budget plans failed in the Senate. Among them, a 99 to 0 vote, defeating President Obama's $3.8 trillion budget request. The Democrats are afraid of their own shadow in the Senate. They even vote down their own president's budget. Only takes 51 votes to pass a budget. Democrats in the Senate refuse to be held accountable. Under the Democratic control of the Senate, for three straight years, there hasn't been a budget. We haven't had one for three years. The result of no discipline for three years is you spend $10 trillion Four hundred billion dollars. Our national debt is more than fifteen point six trillion dollars. Approaching the sixteen trillion dollar mark. Sixteen trillion dollars worth of debt. It's the number one threat to our national security. The longer we wait, the more difficult the solution is going to be. The federal government is now twice the size it was in two thousand one. National unemployment 
has registered above 8% for the last 38 months. There's no way Barack Obama, with a straight face, can come before the American people and argue that somehow he has made things better than they were when he got here. The Obama economy isn't working for a lot of Americans. People across the country know what they want. They want a healthy economy. And the Obama economy is not a healthy economy. Most Americans have soured on the economy, and they've now soured on this president. 42% said he's made it worse. Independents, by double digits, think he made it worse. We're not where we should be. Obama made it worse. At a time when it's hard enough already to create jobs in America. Have policies that maximize economic growth. Supports our economy. Growing our economy. Build our economy. Help this economy grow. Create jobs. American jobs. Jumpstart the economy. Create jobs. We should be focusing on jobs and the economy. So if you're looking for a simple three-word description of the Democrat approach to the problems we face, it's this. Duck and cover. Radio show hour three. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, welcome back, guys. And of course, this is the last final hour. So, have you ever checked Skype to see if I anybody did. tried? I did. Because I'm not again. sure how it's going to let us know because I told it not to make noise. Yeah. I oh, can. yeah. You just go to recent, and it'll tell you. Yeah. Recent. I see it. Shall I press it for you? No. What? Recent. Stop. Recent. Stop it. Won't let me. No, I need to see. Brian? This is not a... This was not a... a There's nothing there. Go to recent now. Thank you. See? Just leave it there. Okay. Man, why can't you just just do it, Susan? What is our government spending your money on? And regulations suck. Wait, you forgot to tell them the line, the number. What number? The number to call. You said it was the last hour. I thought I said it. No. Oh, I said you it last to, time. You wanted to check. All right, it's 406-565-4189. 406-565-4189. If you want to call it to the show, you have something to say, you want to... You want to Question anything you want to challenge me, go for it. You want to curse, just curse, go away. Yeah, no cursing. Sorry, it is. I know on the internet, people allow people to curse like all the time, but no, not on my show. From the Daily Corner. Oh, Fed's paid 709000 to academics who studies how glaciers are sexist. What? <laughs> Let me try that again. Yeah. The feds paid seven hundred nine thousand dollars to academic who's to academic, by the way. Who is academic? I don't know. Who studies how glaciers are sexist? Academics at the University of Oregon have determined that glaciers and the science that studies them are deeply sexist. I wasn't aware that glaciers had sex had a sex merging 
feminists. Of course. Of course it is. It brain-damaged people. Merging feminist post-colonial science studies with feminist political ecology, uh, ecology, sorry, the feminist glaciology framework generates robust analysis of gender, power, and epistemol ep- what epistemologies in dynamic social ecological systems, thereby leading to more just and equitable science and human ice interactions. Reads the paper's abstract. The research was published in the peer-reviewed journal Progress in Human Geography in January. Anything with progress on it, just don't pay attention. Wow. Human ice interactions. The study by historian Dr. Mark Carey and some students, some researchers, was financially supported by taxpayer dollars. Thank you very much for that. Brian, the only interaction I have with ice is when we put it in our drink. Well, or chopping it off the spring. The National Science Foundation gave Carey a five-year grant, which he used to write his, quote-unquote, feminist glaciology paper. Carey was received, has received 709,125 in grants from the NSF, according to his curriculum vitae. My God, I can't believe we can't get any money to do real things. And I'm giving this idiot $709,000 for nonsense. Most existing glaciological research and hence discourse and discussions about cryospheric change stems from information produced by men about men with mainly manly characteristics and within masculinist discourses, Carrie wrote. These characteristics apply to scientific disciplines and beyond glaciology. So good. Now, now science is going to have to be skewed based on sex. So science, you're actually going to take, it's already screwed. Most scientists are just in for money and they'll say anything. They're, they're whores. But it's really, we're going to change science into stupid land. I'm sorry. Science can't be sexist. It has nothing to do with sex. It exists. I'm sorry if the universal world is too manly for you. God created it, and God created us first. So get over it. Again, a woman's just woe and man, right? Man's still in there. There's a reason the W.O. comes in front of it, though. Wow, this is stupidity. There is an explicit need to uncover the role of women in the history of science and technology. There is no gender difference in science. There, you either you know it or you don't. That's it. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. It's nonsense. I'm sorry if most women don't have a mind for science. They don't. People should stick to things they're good at, whatever that is. I'm not good at everything. I've tried lots of things, done lots of things. You know what the thing I've stayed with longest? This radio show. Except my marriage. It's the radio show. <laughs> oh, goodness, Brian. Saved myself there. Yeah. What? Our wedding anniversary was two days ago. We didn't even notice. <laughs> That's November. Don't look at it. It was the 21st. It's the 28th. Well, when, no, when we first met. When we first met was uh, the 22nd. 22nd. Okay. I knew it was close. 
Yeah, this was our whole anniversary week, and we just were both sick, and we were... can't leave them out to get anything <laughs> no, special. We no. don't really have any money for anything nope. special, anyway. We didn't uh, even say happy anniversary to one another. We were just I'm didn't in know. pain, you're in pain. <laughs> didn't know. Just another day. <clears throat> Thirty-three years and counting. Mm-hmm. If we don't kill each other, don't even say that on the air. <laughs> I know you can't. Just don't do it. They'll have a wellness check. <laughs> oh, my Lord. We live in post-Nazi Germany. I swear to God. Not post-Nazi Germany. Pre. Yeah, better word. Better prefix. Post. Post, we were in control of half, and the Russians were in control of half of Germany. Kerry concluded glacier research is intertwined with gender relations, masculine culture, geopolitics, institutional power, and racism. Oh, my Lord. They they got it all in, didn't they? Translation? We want stuff we're really not entitled to, but we want it anyway. They got everything in. These apparently led to glacier-related academic and governmental jobs being predominantly filled by men. Damages from melting glaciers target women. And ethnic minorities who are more vulnerable to glacier changes and hazards than are men. What? According to Gary. What? what? Wait a minute. What's the special hazard to melting glaciers? Anybody that I don't know what it's gonna what you think it's gonna do to anybody really. It's not gonna do anything because it's normal. I, I just see uh, this stuff is normal. They're going. Oh my God! It's messy. Global warming. Go to the South Pole. It's growing. Why? Because it's a cyclical change in nature. In the world. And it's got to get warmer at the North Pole, colder at the South Pole. Lose ice at the North Pole, gain ice at the South Pole. See how things kind of balance out? You ever hear about the South Pole? You ever hear any any of these global Nazis talk about the South Pole? Have you? Oh, no, you have not. It's good reason. Because it blows their whole argument. <laughs> the real scientist thinks this is a joke. <laughs> like me. The study shocked many academics and real scientists, and several initially believed the study was a work of satire. They thought it was a joke. I, I would, no, they thought it was comedic. Um, who knew there was such a thing as a feminist glaciology? Robert Bryce, a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, told the Daily Caller News Foundation, I can't satirize it. The scientists do that in their own abstract. Cornell University chemist Dr. Phil Mason took to Twitter Sunday to say the paper left him dumbfounded. Carrie attempted to link flooding from the, a glacial lake with an increase of sexually transmitted infections in women. <laughs> My God, she's nuts. This is what our government is spending our money on. Yep. $709,000 and Good counting. Lord. The academic and his colleagues said the paper showed... Oh, this is his. This is a his doing This is it. a he. Oh, he's one of those uh, what, like metrosexual types. Or oh, one of these hate, hate his white skin and, and his manliness because he's, he's bad. Probably, he's Being probably, a man is bad. It's bad. He's probably homosexual. Don't have to be. They've castrated most men in the city now anyway. You heard me, people in the city. Really? If someone grabs your wife's backside, are you going to beat the crap out of them? No, you're not. Castrated. 
Um, the academic and his colleagues at the paper showed how men's voices have dominated the research because they're mostly only men in science. Women just don't like science and math. They just don't, they just, in general, don't, they're exceptions, of course. In general, they, don't, they just don't go there. It's not, it's not the way their brain works. We are different. Yeah, I know. I can't say that. I'm probably everybody, every woman just went, <gasps> listening right now that I dared to say such a thing. I'm sorry. If you haven't paid attention, your husband's brain works different than yours. No, he's not the only idiot on the planet. See, I can hear you in my head. Cut it out. You want to talk, call the show. Or you can chat if you're at Spreaker, listening live, you can just jump in the chat room. Susan actually has it up full time, just in case. All right. Um, bah, 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 oh, oh, here it comes. Here comes uh, Barack Obama's thing. And complain that power and colonialism have shaped the science. Science is science. See the fact or it's not. Like, I don't know, like man-made global warming science? It's not science. It's not. It's man-made computer models with no no way any information to predict anything because they still can't get the weather right tomorrow where I live, so I'm sorry. I don't trust them for 100 years. How about you? Eh? No. Oh, what do you say to women that think this way? Have a nice day. Walk, this is a just man. Just walk away. This is a man. Oh, man? You keep saying that. He's not a man. He's a metrosexual. He's a scientist. He's a man. not a man. He's given up his manhood. He's a metrosexual. <laughs> That's why he could do this because he, he, his feminine side is, is in touch with his feminist side. He's, he's doing this for women everywhere that he feels bad because they've been, they've been, put, they've been ignored. Marginalized. Marginalized. That's a good word. Whatever. He's an idiot. Colonialism shaped science. No, it didn't, actually. When discussing the research on the university website, the scientists blamed the era of Victorian imperialism for the lack of female glaciologists. I don't think during that time there were male glaciologists. I believe they were still sending ships there to explore. I don't think they had glaciologists. They did. I'm just saying. This is... Everybody involved with this is a joke. This is what science has come to, though. These are the these are the papers that have been put forth for you to be you to listen to as science. This isn't science; this is a joke, a bad joke. Do we really need a study to tell us that glacial glacier nerds are more likely to be men than women? Marlo Lewis, an analyst at the Libertarian Competitive in- Enterprise Institute told the DCNF, or that women in developing countries are more confined to their homes and child-rearing when sudden glacier melt causes local flooding? Carrie also helped found the University of Oregon's Climate Change and Indigenous Peoples Initiative. Oh, she's a wackadoo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. She's, and she's a leader wackadoo. She's supposed to lead the rest of you down the hole of wackadoo. Predictably, the authors fail to see the sexist nature of today's climate agenda, which seeks to restrict people's access to the most affordable, abundant, and reliable forms of energy, Lewis said. Energy poverty is literally lethal. 
And in energy-poor countries, it is women and children who suffer most. Carrie did not respond to requests for comment. Any real sci- Every real scientist has come forward and called climate change junk science. Every real scientist has come forward. Even the ones that were touted in the IPCC study. Oh yes, they refused to remove them from the list. They were never, they were part, they did one part of the study that was separate from other many parts. And he never agreed to have his name put on that paper. Because it's junk. His individual part wasn't, but as a whole, it's junk science. So anyway, uh, we're all sexist. I don't really care. Regulations suck from the Federalist by John Daniel Davidson. In Jack London's famous short story, To Build a Fire, oh my gosh, I do that every day. Almost. A man freezes to death because he underestimates the cold in America's far north and cannot build a proper fire. The unnamed man, uh, Chichaco, what Alaska natives call newcomers, is accompanied by a wolf dog that knows the danger of the cold and is wholly indifferent to the fate of the man. The man did not know cold. Possibly all the generations of his ancestry have been ignorant of cold, of real cold, of cold. 107 degrees below freezing point. Okay, nobody's familiar with 107 degrees below freezing point except people that live in the stations on the South and North Pole. 170 70 degrees below Fahrenheit in Fairbanks is cold as it usually gets. Negative 70. That's 37 degrees warmer than 107 degrees, at which case you could probably, if you had any exposed skin would get frostbite in a matter of uh, seconds. But the dog knew, all its ancestry knew, and it had inherited the knowledge. Are you kidding me? You got a big, furry, fluffy dog. You curl up with it. That, that's how you stay warm. Brian, before you move on, I still have a question for you about the last article. Oh, no. I don't want to hear any more about the last <laughs> article. That's how, the stupidest thing I think I've ever read that called itself science. How in, how in the world did a sexually transmitted disease get into the glacier? No, no, it, in, it, it, it indirectly causes it. Where did a sexually transmitted disease come from? Because the women got horny because of the local flooding. <laughs> right. I mean, I, really? that's all, I don't know. That's all I can imagine. I didn't read the paper. I just read the article. He's claiming a glacier melt gave women STDs. What the hell? Well, that's enough for most people not to even read the paper. Incredible. Inconceivable! How did he get in here? If only bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. knew what the wolf dog knew. But alas, now comes the federal government, national government, to tell the inhabitants of Alaska's interior that really they should not be building fires to keep themselves warm during the winter. The New York Times reports the Environmental Protection Agency, oh, I listened to Caesar make this proclamation. I hope he goes and visits them and they feed him to a... Polar bear. Yep. That's not dying. I was getting closer to the mic for that one. That's not endangered, that, that aren't dying. They're not endangered, but they need to eat. Then they could leave the poor little seals alone. Oh, they eat a lot. It's cold. (laughs) 
They burn a lot more. But see, I love this. He's got the EPA telling the Alaskans not to burn wood, but he's going to give them solar panels when they don't have light. Well, they do half, half of the year. Six months out of the year, there's no light. Right. Six months of the year, there's nothing but light. 24-7. Did he give them batteries, too? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. They paid for the whole thing. Well, they wiring, said they were going. Installation, to. wiring, batteries, everything. All done. Inverter. Everything that's required. They're probably the best of the best. I'm just saying Which this, I can't afford. My inverter sucks. I'm saying this out loud because people don't really realize we live off the grid and they don't know how sunlight gets converted into energy. It's not magic. It's very complicated. Not really. It is to the This technology world. is from the 1800s. It's Still, just been made more affordable today. Nobody understands. We The sun does not beat down on the solar panels and I just turn on a light. That's not how it works because sunlight is different from electricity that we use. No, it's not. The solar panels change sunlight into electricity, which is transferred to the batteries through a charge controller. The charge controller charges the batteries using the power sent by the solar panels, which is, you know, it depends on the solar panel, uh, like 19 to 24 volts for mine. But then if you want to run AC stuff, you have to have an inverter from, attached to the batteries to attach to your AC stuff. What's AC? Alternating current is what we use every day when you plug into the wall. DC is direct current. That's what your car runs off of, battery, direct current. Positive to negative, no alternating current. Again, it's you have to change the way the sunlight lights your house. You can't just well, plug it into a solar panel. That's what everyone no, thinks. Well, no, <laughs> you, there are new solar panels where they think they're doing that because they have the charge controller built in to the individual panels. But you can't just plug in your to charge your phone. You don't plug it into a solar panel. That's my point. Well, no, you do. They have small solar panels where that's exactly what you do. Okay, then you're just debunking everything I'm saying now. It depends on its use. It depends on the solar panel. That you, I mean, a little little solar panel, you put it in, it's got circuitry already built into it to, to charge your unit at the right voltage. So it's got circuitry in there. And then, yeah, it turns something else. Is, that's... Something else is turning that into the electricity you're using. Thank you. You have to change the the, the different way. Why? The sunlight is well, a different for way. For DC, it's easier because that's what solar panels put out, direct current. Like I said, about eight, 17 to 24 volts for my 12-volt uh, solar panels. That's what they produce. And then you take a bunch of them, you tie them together into a bus, and they send central wired to charge controller and of course you want to keep this as close as possible because in dc you the farther you go the thicker cable you need and it's a pain in the neck and it's expensive um, so you get your charge controller the charge controller charges the batteries and in those little things that you use for your solar things you use for your phone on the dash and all that it works the same way except this circuitry in there that changes to the voltage that you're and it doesn't need a battery for that There you go. And you don't, I mean, the only reason you need batteries, if you're on a grid tie, you don't have batteries because you don't need them. You're tied to the grid. Whenever the sun goes down, you start using it from the grid. Whenever the sun comes up, you start giving power back to the grid, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's how that works. But when you're in the middle of nowhere off the grid, you must have batteries. You have to have charge. And if so, this way at night, you have electricity 
See? Because at night you work up the batteries, and in the, when the sun comes up, it charges the batteries up again. And if you if you can afford it, like I can't, you'd have a windmill somewhere, or a, a vertical wind turbine is what I want. So that when it's windy, you also get electricity, even when it's dark. Because in the wintertime, it's mostly dark here. It's cloudy all the time. <clears throat> anyway, where was I? You interrupted me writing some stupid thing about Washington, D.C. <laughs> but but in, alas, now comes the national government to tell the inhabitants of Alaska's interior that really they should not be building fires to keep themselves warm during the winter. The New York Times reports the Environmental Protection Agency could soon declare the Alaskan cities of Fairbanks and North Pole, which have a combined population of about 100,000, in quote-unquote serious noncompliance with the Clean Air Act early next year. By the way, the Clean Air Act is also unconstitutional. Why is the, why is the government protecting us from the environment? <laughs> is the Environmental Protection Act, why is the federal government protecting us from the environment? They have since the 70s when they passed this piece of crap. I know, but again, stop protecting us from the environment. They're not supposed to do anything they're not supposed to do in the Constitution. They're doing it anyway. And we lived outside of Fairbanks, Alaska. North of it. In yep. the in the knobs. Yep. Or they called them domes. Domes. It depends on where you go. Um, where was I? Like most people in Alaska, the residents of those frozen cities are burning wood to keep themselves warm this winter. Smoke from the wood-burning stoves increases small particle pollution, which settles in low-lying areas and can be breathed in. The EPA thinks this is a big problem. Eight years ago, the agency ruled that wide swaths of most densely populated parts of the region were in non-attainment of federal air quality standards. That prompted the state and local authorities to look for ways to cut down on pollution from wood-burning stoves, including the possibility of finding residents who burn wood. They do that here in Butte. After all, a declaration of non-compliance from the EPA would have enormous economic implications for the region, like the loss of federal transportation funding. The problem is, I got to go to a break. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. I'm Sheriff David Clark, and I want to talk to you about something personal, your safety. It's no longer a spectator sport. I need you in the game. But are you ready? With officers laid off and furloughed, simply calling 911 and waiting is no longer your best option. You can beg for mercy from a violent criminal, hide under the bed, or you can fight back. But are you prepared? Consider taking a certified safety course in handling a firearm so you can defend yourself until we get there. You have a duty to protect yourself and your family. We're partners now. Can I count on you? This safety message brought to you by the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. Attention, users of the blood-thinning drug Xarelto. If you took the drug Xarelto and experienced complications such as cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, you may be eligible to get a cash award for your suffering. Call the Xarelto Help Hotline now at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. To qualify for a cash settlement, you must file a claim before the deadline. So don't miss your opportunity 
opportunity for a cash settlement. Call 855-719-3101 now for a free no-obligation consultation. Our call center is open 24-7. So if you took the drugs Arelto and experienced cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, call the Xarelto Help Hotline at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. That's 855-719-3101. All right, some of you might be asking yourselves, where can we listen to you live? Well, if you want to hear us live, you, we can be heard live at uncooperativeradio.com where you can download and listen to all our shows for free. And don't forget to rate the show, comment about the show, etc. You know, help us get the word out. Um, we also can be heard at <clears throat> on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Talk Shoe, Podbean, Blueberry, Abadabadoo. We have a Facebook page that's still in jail. Please hammer support about that. I am, and they're not listening. Uh, go join it, like it, comment, interact, have fun. I can't interact with you directly, but if you are a member of the Uncooperative Radio Show page and you ask me, I'll send you a link to the private group. That, I, that was created, where I can interact with you because I can actually see what you're writing. Thank you, Facebook. We have a Twitter page. Uh, just do a search for Uncooperative Radio. Look for look for the custom logo of the Gadsden flag with Uncooperative Radio. That's my show. And go there, like, love, and all that stuff. Interact, have a good time. It's actually pretty good. It's actually moving along pretty nicely. If you want my personal accounts at Facebook, it's Brian Bonner 90 And at Twitter, it's just at Brian Bonner. We are also rebroadcast at RedStateTalkRadio.com. And through them, you can hear us on TuneIn, TalkStream Live, and the Roku. When are we on, you ask? Well, we're on the Encore channel at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, Saturday and Sunday nights. Also... Don't forget to check out the Red State Talk Radio free newsletter while you're there. It's really good. I think you'll like it. If you don't like it, just unsub. We don't we don't pay attention to that. We don't know. So, so give it a try. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, don't forget about we have listener lines if you're out of data. For the Encore, again, we're on Encore. So for the Encore, it is 605-562-4221. 605-562-4221. I don't give you the Prime channel because I'm not on it. Just to say. Also, understand you, you hear commercials on the show, but we do not get paid to air those commercials. We only get paid if you call the number that's in the commercial. So please do call, write down the number in the commercial. If you find it any other way, we will not get credit. We will not get paid. The ad agency won't get paid. And uh, it's not like we're making a bloody fortune off this stuff anyway. So every little bit helps. If you're interested, make sure you call the number in the ad. Okay, please. Okay. Go. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober, and 
All it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-917-2194-800-917-2194-800-917-2194. That's 800-917-2194. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details. Not available in all states. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, hour half of two. Three. What? We're three? At the, we're at the end. Oh my God, it's hour half of three. We're at the end. No, I refuse. You've done enough. I'll do four hours. Okay, back to uh, the EPA telling the people in Alaska you can't burn firewood to stay warm. The problem is there's no replacement for wood-burning stoves in Alaska's interior. Well, you could use coal-burning stoves. Of course, that would be worse. Heating oil is too expensive for a lot of people, and natural gas isn't available. So they've got to burn something. The average low temperature in Fairbanks in December is 13 degrees below zero. In January, it's 17 below. During the coldest days of winter, the high temperature averages negative two degrees, and it can get as cold as negative sixty. I've seen, I, I've read, I've read things where it was negative seventy. This is not a place where you play games with the cold. If you don't keep the fire lit, you die. For people of modest means, and especially the poor, that means you burn wood in a stove and you keep that fire lit around the clock. As necessary as food and water. Growing up in Alaska, I learned from an early age. My father, in fact, was a chaco. Uh, that means, uh, as I said before, a newcomer. As a white kid growing up in Alaska Native villages in the 1950s, the Native kids would call him and his sibling, Chichacos, as a kind of juvenile epithet. Like many families in Alaska then and now, we, aren't, we weren't wealthy and had no other means of staying warm besides burning wood. As kids, my brothers and I would spend long hours stacking cords of firewood, and when we're older, felling trees, cutting them into logs, and holding them back to the house. It wasn't romantic. It was simply part of life in the far north. Firewood was as natural and necessary as food and water. 
For most Alaskans, it still is. For me, it is. Replacing wood burning stoves, especially in the state's interior, isn't easily done. Ever since the EPA's ruling in 2008, local and state efforts to address air pollution caused by wood stove hasn't solved the problem. As the editors of the Fairbanks newspaper recently noted, the borough faces two unpalatable alternatives. More stringent restrictions on home heating devices that could impact residents' ability to heat their homes affordably or choosing to stand pat and accept a host of costly economic sanctions and health effects to residents. You're not supposed to be getting any money from the national government anyway, so my advice to you is to suck it up. Also, independent Alaskans, suck it up. You don't tell the EPA to pound cent. You're not going to get any money, and so what? You need to learn to to live without that money, because that money is going to dry up one way or another, I'm telling you now. Local residents have been assured that, of course, the government means well. According to the Times, oh, all the people that freeze to death appreciate that. According to the Times, the EPA official in charge claims that his agency was definitely not trying to take away anyone's wood stove. Really? You've made, you've made my wood stove illegal. You can't, you can't buy it anymore. It's nothing but lies. They're not trying to take away our guns either. Or make life more expensive. Yes, you are. But he also said the EPA's job is to enforce air quality standards set by the Clear Air Act, which is unconstitutional, and hence so is the EPA. Problem solved. The implication is clear. These wood stoves are going to be a problem. He was without imagination. This, of course, is a ridiculous situation. The EPA has no business telling Alaskans they shouldn't burn wood to keep warm in the depths of winter. For one thing, concern over air pollution from wood smoke is misplaced. The high levels of particulate matter in places like Fairbanks in January are not the same thing as smog in Los Angeles. The areas affected by pollution from wood stoves are relatively small because they're the result of something called inversion. At negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit, smoke doesn't rise. It drops down to ground level and settles in low-lying areas. But this doesn't happen citywide. It happens on a single block or street. That doesn't mean people living on that street aren't affected, but, well, really, if it, if it goes down to ground level, it's below you, just if you stand up, so you're not even breathing it in, that's kind of Well, nice. Brian, that, that's another good point that we're always saying. That's why we need the states to take their, their constitutional rights back, because every state and every city and every county, they're totally different, and the only one that knows how to do that is we, the people. The, the national government has no place thinking that, because, like he said, Los Angeles is the same as Fairbanks, Alaska. Are you freaking kidding me? You feel better now? Well, because, <laughs> no, because this is the mindset. I'm usually the one that goes off, so I'm enjoying this. This is the mindset of the people of the United States of America. They're not individuals anymore. We do not think of our places that we live as individual places because we let the federal government come in and just do paint a broad brush with one color. It goes back to what I've been saying for a decade. Anybody that's ever tried to wear one size fits all that weren't in the majority find that one size fits all sucks. So why would you have a government one size fits all? Why wouldn't you let state governments, local governments decide for themselves? Why do you think it's so good to have that government do what it's not allowed to do under the Constitution? What makes you think this is a good idea? 
One size fits all sucks. That's what the national government is. One size fits all. Every state's different. Climate, uh, sociology. There's just culture. Culture. I mean, you just got to let the individual people decide what needs to be done in their state. And get the government back to where it belongs under the Constitution, which means you won't have to deal with them anymore. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, no, we're going to repeal the 16th Amendment. There's going to be no direct taxation. That was the one thing they were the founding fathers talked about and decided on, and they were absolutely right about. And we're going back to it. So you won't have to worry about what you're going to have to pay for the federal government for anything. You just have to worry about your state government. And isn't that so much easier? Yes, it is. Because you might notice the national government doesn't listen to you at all. Not even the cockroaches we send up there that are supposed to represent us. They don't listen to us either. They're all elected cockroaches. They're all sent up there to represent us. What are you talking about? All of them are sent up there to represent us. That's job. But the Senate, we got to repeal the 17th too. Because the Senate's supposed to answer to the legislature. State legislature, not you or me. And that was a good thing. And that was a giant mistake. Because that took the that took away states' power over ratification of treaties, very important. Because a ratified treaty is as good as an amendment to the Constitution, and that's just a fact of life. That's the law. That's the Constitution. That's what it says. It's what it means. All right. That doesn't mean the people on the street aren't affected. Blah blah blah. But it does mean we aren't talking about pollution, lace, fog. Descending on an entire city. They're talking about burning wood to stay warm. If that means you must endure some air pollution from, from the smoke from time to time, then that's the price of living in a place like Alaska, frozen interior. Full disclosure, the author plans to build a cabin in Alaska someday and sometimes subject me to higher levels of particulate pollution. I say it's worth the risk. Yeah, I wanted to live in Alaska once, too. Have fun. The people there, just, they, they've been spoiled with too much money, and it's just not what you think it's going to be. The problem with the EPA bullying the people of Fairbanks about their wood stoves is that the federal government thinks this is a problem that can be solved. That would, What would the EPA have Alaskans do? Use solar panels to heat their homes in winter? Well, first of all, there's no sun in winter. It's only, I mean, there's only like three hours in Fairbanks. And it's not even, it's just dusk. And you can you can heat hot water with solar panels, which is their first use, by the way. Just using the heat of the sun and the panels to heat water. Okay. Uh, this is, <coughs> in his story... <coughs> Jack London, everybody that ever wanted to go to Alaska has ridden, has read books by Jack London, Google and me, wrote of the Chichaco that the trouble with him was that he was without imagination. That is, he simply didn't understand the cold or where exactly he was. He was quick and alert in the things of life, but only in the things and not in the significances. 50 degrees below zero meant 80-odd degrees of frost. Such facts impressed him as being cold and uncomfortable, and that was all. It did not lead him to meditate upon his frailty as a creature of temperature, and upon man's frailty in general. 
able only to live within certain narrow limits of heat and cold. And from there on, it did not lead him to the conjecture field of immortality and man's place in the universe. Oh, are you kidding me? Didn't that study say that women are impacted more than men by cold and by change in temperature? No, just change in the, in the <laughs> climate change. Lord, we live. What is the glaciers? Name? Somehow <laughs> glaciers are masculinity, and it's tied to the glacier. If the glacier does melt, then women are horny. I don't know. <laughs> if that's so, every man listening is going melt glacier melt. <laughs> well, we did. We did notice a phenomenon that we haven't. We when we lived in Alaska, we didn't hear before. When the ice melts on the rivers up there, and I don't know if it's the same here. Remember the sound it made? Yes, I do. It's awesome. I thought so. But it made some people go crazy. Maybe that's it, It's Brian. a seasonal thing. No, it's a reason, It's a really seasonal thing in Alaska. I read about it long ago. That, that people during the breakup did all kinds of crazy things. It's also supposedly they get aroused. There you go. See, I used a better word this time. <laughs> my my internal... But, the, the, <laughs> is, uh, I can't even say the word. Uh, no, the I'm sound the sound that it makes it's like it's like Tinkerbell. It's like a no, little, it does it's like, not. Like, it's deep. No, it that is not the sound it makes. It is deep. It is big. It's a you can hear that ice is thick. And when it cracks, it breaks. It's like <laughs> this deep, deep sound though. <clears throat> and it just I don't know. Some people get aroused by it. Some people get insane, insane by it. Some people don't care about it. Some people get nauseous. Some people, it's all kinds of things. I didn't get anything. I just heard ice break. Well, and then, but when the, the thinner ice was going off of it, it would do the little tinkling sound when it was thinner. Well, yeah, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what affects people. I know, but it was really cool. It it's was the like, first breakup. Oh, man, the, the first, first time breakup. we heard it, I was like. No, not the first time you hear it. It's the first breakup. It's when the ice breaks. Right, but the first time I At heard the, it, I was like, Not the tinkle, oh tinkle God. stuff that's no, no, later. No, 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 but that's later, yeah. Uh, much later, <laughs> and it's not what we're talking about, so we don't have to talk about tinkling anymore. The, the first one was like, I oh, mean, my Nick God. I mean, is a private thing, <laughs> TMI and all that. They were smelling urine, like in 400 BC. They did all kinds of around. stupid things back then. <laughs> hey, but... They didn't tell, know any better. No, to tell you the truth, though, with the diabetes, I did a whole, I did a couple articles on it. That's they would smell the uh, the breath. I could tell diabetes by smelling your breath. Ew! You're sniffing people's breath. It's natural, part of being a paramedic. <laughs> I know certain things like you can smell if they're hyperglycemic. You can smell it's like a sweet kind of odor that comes out of their mouth. I can't really explain it. They do explain it in books, but it's not really how they explain it in the books. First time you smell it, though, you'll get it. You're like, oh, uh-oh. Okay, so we're done with this. Now go back down to the second regulations article sucks. From the Associated Press. I did say the Associated Press. Want to be clear. A federal judge in Texas on Saturday... Well, that used to be called Saturn Saturn Day. Ordered a halt to another Obama Caesar administration effort to strengthen transgender rights. This time over health rules and social conservatives say could force doctors to violate their religious beliefs. 
Again, if it comes from the executive, it's gone. The minute Trump goes, the minute Trump decides it's gone, it's gone. U.S. District Judge Reed O'Connor granted a temporary injunction stopping federal health officials from enforcing rules that are intended to ban discrimination by doctors and hospitals against transgender persons. Now, wait a minute. Are we saying we refuse to treat them or we refuse to do a sex change Thank you. operation? Because uh, doing a sex change operation goes against your oath as a doctor to do no harm. God created that person that way. To change it would be to do harm. Yep. You that just was, don't do it. We do. You know, this is what I hate. We and they, do, oh, you go, you got to do it. No, you can't, we, t- judge, you can't make me do squat. And in a hospital, you never refuse care to anybody in a hospital. They're telling you they're talking about the sex change operation. Well, and that was my question, too, because I was like, uh, what, did I t- what did I tell you? Every doctor that does it should have his license pulled. I mean. Because that person needs mental health care, not a surgery. They're ne- look, you know what the highest rate of suicide is? Besides vets? Highest rate. No, it's not vets. Transgender. Even after the surgery. That's what they don't tell you. Oh, no. We they get the surgery. They not ha- They think after they get the surgery, all their problems are gone. They feel... No. Because the underlying problem that they never dealt with, the underlying damage to the psyche, was never dealt with. It said they just went along with the symptoms. Encouraged the symptoms. Rather than treat the symptoms, and the person. Or you should treat the person, not the symptoms, but, you know. Uh, instead, they, just, they let them go and get a... I, I get, just char, carve up your body? You would do that as a doctor? That's insane. Well, it doesn't help that person in any physical way whatsoever. And as a doctor, that's your only job. Psyche people deal with psyche problems. And well, psyche people need to realize that this is a problem, but they don't because it's been politicized. Just like homosexuality, which you they know, knew was Brian, a, was a problem until the homosexuals scared them. You know, again, this has been going on for a very long time, and we've told people this. You and I have lived next door to lesbians, Basin and Montana. My, mo- has, my aunt was, was a lesbian, lesbian. and I and used to I used to go and hang out and shoot bull in yep. a homosexual bar. bar, which was like this little place that nobody. It wasn't you know made it was a, public. It was just an out of the way little Thank bar, you. really. Thank you, right? And they didn't bother anybody. Nope. Nobody bothered them. Nope. And the same thing. Now, when I was growing up, I However, had... I would say this. I found it telling that my aunt, and when I say bull dyke lesbians, she's the king of bull dyke lesbians. There's a big, big woman. I mean, big. <laughs> I was about as big as I am now as a kid back then, but probably as big as I am now and just broad and like muscles. I mean, she... She was huge. She used to beat up guys in the bar that gave her trouble, throw them through windows. That was her favorite thing to do, throw them through a plate glass window. I'm always like, doesn't that cost money? Wouldn't it be easier just to throw them out in the street and save the glass? <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, but the one thing she did immediately was put everybody on notice. This is my nephew. If you touch him, if you go near him in any way, you'll have to answer to me. And so everything was fine. But yet that seemed to have to be said, even by somebody who is a homosexual. You see? So she knew that there was there would be temptation for them. And I was I was a I was a little boy. 
to try and sexually harass me. She must have, or why would she say that? The other thing, too, is this was a, a, a little tiny town in West I- called West Islip. Really tiny town. Was. And, and again. Was that a, not, all, long, all Long Island's blown up. We don't know. Right. But again, just like with Basin here in Montana, a tiny town that has homosexuals in them, we don't have any problems with them because they Because they're not activists. They don't you. want to be accepted as homos. And the other thing that I want to they bring They don't want up, to get married. Even in the 70s, me living on Long Island, I had a childhood friend who was three old, three years older than me. He was the uncle of our neighbor. And he, we always thought he was a little weird and he ended up going to California and he did get this, this, those surgeries. And that was in the early eighties. No, the late eighties. Yeah. The early eighties. He committed suicide. Who did? My friend Gary that turned into Carrie. Oh, I remember that one. Like I said back then, I had no problems with it as long as he was happy with it, but I didn't know anything about anything back then. Uh, but it turns out he wasn't happy with it. You see, it didn't make him any happy. He killed himself. Yep. So again, why bother carving up your body? Why don't you just go seek help? Because because the people that are supposed to tell him that, tell him there's nothing wrong with them. Because of politics. Not a science, not even psychiatric voodoo science behind it. Just They just removed it because they were getting assaulted by homosexual activists. And they said they were going to keep it up unless they took it out of the manual. And they did. Guess who's moving for that now? As I told you they would. Pedophiles. They're moving for the same thing that the, they're doing the same thing that the homosexuals did. I mean, pedophiles are still, a lot of them are homosexuals, but they're just a See, extra but, special and, homosexual. And again, he's doing this, he, but he's not doing it for the right reasons. Because O'Connor wrote in a 46-page ruling that the rules likely violate the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which is unconstitutional, and places substantial pressure on plaintiffs to perform and cover transition and abortion procedures. We shouldn't even have this in the courts, Brian. It shouldn't even it shouldn't even be in our vernacular. This is nothing in the Constitution that, like you're saying, it's in what is it? Involuntary servitude. Look, I'll try this again. Do no harm. If the physical body is functional, and the only problem is the brain, then you do deal with the brain. If it's not something you could do surgically. Then it's a it's a neurological disorder that comes from just a fractured psyche. Well, then that's what psyche people are for. That's when the head shrinkers should be involved. When someone is this dysfunctional, but they won't because it's not in their treatment manual anymore. So there are very few people that do it, but there are people that do treat it and successfully. You know what they say? Oh, they're just faking it. No. Again, if the only reason you're a homosexual is because you were abused as a child, being able to get that out and talk about it and, and come to grips with it would change your whole life. Of course it would. So why would you think that that, that it couldn't work? Of course it could work. Uh, anyway, the, you know, it's it doesn't go with the politics, but this is the, I have to go. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here. Happy New Year.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.